Welcome to the Winey Shuffle, the Inverness Caledonian Thistle FC fan podcast. The podcast that is going to hand. Henderson, first time ball in. Swept away only as far as Welsh. Who does go for goal! And it! It slips under the keeper. And Cali Thistle will come from a goal down to lead this Scottish Cup quarter final. It's mayhem in the Highlands. On this pod, reflection on our Denmark 92-esque re-entry into the Scottish Cup, the games against Kilmarnock and Livingston, plus the double Hamilton horror. We speak to Jay Henderson, the views from our own terraces, and Billy Dodds, he speaks and the fans speak. All that and 28 years worth of ICT references packed into now with a wild conjecture and mild distraction. Falkirk in the Scottish Cup semi-final. Falkirk. Let's shuffle! What did Tarzan say when he found his screwdriver? There's Welcome it. one and all, I'm Andrew Moffat and joining me in this pod today is Hand and Calling, Dan Smith, a newcomer to the pod. How are you doing? Well guys, not bad, hope you're all well. Uh, call of Nature, Stevie Riley, how's it going? All good mate. And Gentleman Caller, Andrew Sutherland, are you happy? Yeah, loving life, amazing. Good, good. Well, I was going to say there's so many things to talk about, that is, but there is only one thing to talk about tonight and that is... Scottish Cup semi-final and it's Falkirk. What's your initial thoughts, Stevie? Oh, it's the draw we all dreamed of and I didn't think we'd get it. I, I was con- I was convinced it'd be Rangers and we'd have our day at Hamden and, and that's it. But potentially two trips to Hamden off and uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's a tie that we all want. But I mean, also come to pressure because it's like the final in 2015 for the favourites against the underdogs and if we cock it up, it's, it's, it's not so good. But no, I look forward to me. I mean, I couldn't have dreamed a couple of months ago we'd be going to Hamden potentially twice this season. So delighted, and I'm sure the the boys will agree. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, so well, first off, so much for Colin Henry and his hot balls. You know, keeping Rangers and Celtic apart. Um, I think most important though, we will get to it later in the pod. But um, there's been a lot of kind of um, downcast opinions um, put out there about the club, the state of the club's finance, and what it means for the future of um, Cali Thistle. Um, getting through to the semi-final and the fact that all the kind of prize money is pulled together then divvied up four ways makes a, a hell of a difference for us and it's probably no exaggeration to say that win against Kilmarnock possibly secures our future as a full-time team for another year or so um, or at least goes a, a long way towards it. And Dan, this is your, your first uh, appearance as a, as a panellist. You've been on before once, uh, but this is your first panellist appearance. You're also you're a season ticket holder, member of Section four, Section 94. Um, you know That's going to be a, a big day out for the young team, isn't it? It is, I. Um, to be honest, I feel fortunate enough to have been to Hamden, I think, three times now with Cali in my 24 years, which is ridiculous for a club our size. And obviously that could be five times by the end of the, the season. So um, don't know what we're planning. We'll be planning something. We'll put news out about that uh, as soon as we can. It's a big day for us. It's our biggest as a, a group as yet. And and just in general, guys, what's you know, as I said, we're gonna say you know, what what's the number one thing you wanted to talk about. So other than the other than the semi-final, we've not had a podcast in quite a while. There's been a number of games, there's been a downturn of form, there's been an upturn of form, there's been players coming back, there's been great wins, there's been poor losses, and we'll go over some of them in a second. But what's your highlights? What's your top lines? Uh for me, I think it's um uh Billy McKay continuing to close in on 
Dennis Wynas's uh, goal scoring record. You know, said in the last pod, hat to to Bill uh, McMillan. Um, I think a lot more people have kind of cottoned on to this now, um, and I think. Uh, Mackay now in his last eight games has scored five goals and just by pure coincidence he's now I think five goals behind Wynas in terms of drawing level on goal scored but he's also eight games behind Wynas in terms of games played so if he has a complete mirror image of his form over the last what couple of months or so he'll draw level in uh, with Wynas on both goals scored and games played so I don't know I, I kind of feel a bit weird about someone breaking Wynas's uh, goal scoring record so maybe in a strange way I'd quite like for them just to end perfectly level with one another um, I don't know about anyone else. Well, it's, it's a good uh, reason for Billy to sign a new contract, isn't it? Yeah, no, definitely. Wh- which we'll talk about later on. Stevie? Uh, for me, probably, obviously getting a few boys back from injury, but for me, probably casting them in field along with Welsh and Allardyce. The three of them, I mean, I'm also referencing Friday, but the last couple of weeks, I think Carson, who I thought forgot, forgot how to be a midfielder, I thought he was destined to be a, a right back. I think the three of them have stuck, stuck with a great partnership and... Uh, yeah, it's great to see. I mean, Allardyce was, I mean, for me, he's a top player. Him and D's maybe head to head, but I mean, Allardyce makes the whole team tick. And yeah, having him back, having him fully fit now, it just makes us so strong middle of the park, which for me is still the most important part of the pitch. Uh, for me, it's the 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 money that that result on Friday and whatever comes of that is going to bring in. And in fact, it's already been said, it's, it perhaps secures our future as a, a full time club for an hour season. It's massive and it's come just after all the financial talk has started on social media amongst the fans. I think it's brilliant timing. Aside from that, I don't think it's, there's been a better time to be a fan in a big game in that stadium, just as a result of the atmosphere that's now being generated in that stadium. The players have been talking about it as well. It helps them massively. But from a fan point of view, I don't think it's ever been more enjoyable to be in that stadium right now in a big game. Great. Well, that's what we're going to talk about next. Okay, the game, a flurry of snow, drifts in from the money for Earth as Sean Welsh takes the acclaim from the main stand just seconds after his ball hits the back of the killing net in what will have been the most valuable goal Inverness have scored in some eight years. Valuable to players, fans, chairman and management, all in equal and yet tangibly different value. Inverness, Cali Thistle 2, Kilmarnock 1, Ridger solid, Duffy a Goliath, Harper most assured left back showing I think he's put in, D's not back to his best but understandable, Divine very quiet so as a centre half excellent game, Carson outstanding in the middle, Allardyce same as D's but he had good switches, Henderson very tricky, Shaw unplayable, don't know where he's come from, Billy Mackay is Billy Mackay but Welsh man of the match for me, the, the best winter picture postcard follically challenged action hero since Bruce Willis. Discuss. Yeah, PK, yeah. No, I mean, I agree with what you said, mate. Um, I mean, I, I think Allardy for me. Um, I feel like this is a, a big fanboy show here, but I think he was man of the match for me on Friday. Um, but again, he's complimented well with Welsh and, um, and Carson. But no, it's just, it was great. I mean, obviously, Marsh went when they scored. I mean, I just thought it's so deflated. I think Dodds has said, and we spoke in an interview later on, which we'll hear. He's, he's such a challenge of players, don't lose the first goal because it's it's it just deflates them. But after about five minutes when he scored, I thought, hey, we're going to come back into this game. Obviously, I didn't think the penalty first till I read obviously the new rules that a deflection can obviously result in a handball and a penalty. But I was comfy. I mean, I, I didn't say about I didn't think we're going to win, but I was confident we could back into the game and 
I think Billy said that as well. That he was quite calm. He was quite comfy watching the game. And he enjoyed it, and maybe as much as we might talk about Hamilton, that we're their bogey team. I think Kelly home. We might be the opposite around. I mean, that's what three big wins in the last three games at home against them, and uh, yeah, atmosphere. And Dan will talk about. It. I mean, I think the atmosphere was great, but the boys underneath the underneath the gantry in the West Stand, and that helps as well. And we like playing a Friday night at home against Kelly, don't we? I think uh, it's so like 2011 was the last time they actually won up here. Which I didn't know about to be honest. I've, I've I've never seen us beat them at Rugby Park, but I've seen us beat them up here. I don't know how many times. Um, no, it was brilliant. Allardyce, probably my man up much as well, which makes it bittersweet because I always think about him leaving. Don't know if he's staying or not. Um, Carson as well in midfield. Somebody else said I can't remember who it was. He's he's a different player last Friday than he has been. Uh, Cami Harper, brilliant as well. Wallace Duffy, I thought was absolutely fantastic. He was, he was worrying me near the end. Um, obviously, when he picked up the L and he was still flying challenges, there was points where I was a wee bit worried. If he uh, plays if he plays right back, though, in terms of his height, he's a monster of a right back, yeah. isn't he? There's no one's, you know, you're not going to win challenges against him. No. Guys, we see, yeah, again, um, I thought he'd have away the week before was his best performance. And uh, I think he's forced to play right back now because obviously DZ and Devine are going to be your front, your, your first pick back, too. But I agree with Dan. I think Duffy's. He's great there. I mean, I'm not going to say he's not like Rooney. Obviously, no one can touch the mutilator, but he's um, <laughs> he's an absolutely different player in the last couple of weeks. Huge shout as well. D's man of the match, actually. I've changed my mind. I'm going to go with D's because <laughs> he hit Polworth. Oh, mate. 40, 40 oh, minutes come in, on, hey. him, so. he's He's not the most popular guy at the stadium, but he, he's, he's a sort of former friend of the pod, isn't he? Maybe he is still a friend <laughs> I, of the pod. I, I like Liam Polworth. I, I, I think I said on social media, and I'm showing my age here, that the last time I remember someone getting smashed that hard in front of the main stand was when Barry Wilson came back when he had signed for Livy and Golubek crunched yeah. him. Like, absolutely crunched him. And I remember being on what was at the time the kind of the wee uh, North Terracing and you could hear Barry Wilson scream, ooh, you fucker, as Golly sent him <laughs> into the main stand. He got absolutely hammered by him. Um I, I fully agree with you, Moff. I thought Welsh man yeah. match by a country mile. Um, Good. I, I wouldn't go as far to say I think Allardyce was bad at anything, but I'm surprised at the high level of praise he's getting. I thought he was fine. Welsh, however, was just, I thought he was incredible. He, he was, was all he, over the place, wasn't he? He was, he was, he was, he was, he was back protecting the back line. He was, he was, he was defending when he needed to. He was, he was, you know, breaking forward. He, he could have scored three goals. Could have scored three goals and have two assists as well. Um, Played that lovely little ball through for Mackay, the header, yeah, early on. Yeah, for Mackay, who I do think maybe should have, you know, easy to say by hindsight, but you know, try and you know just try and take that quickly as a shot rather than try and header it. Um, I would agree with something that Stevie said that um, in recent games we've conceded the first goal. It, it feels like the team's head's gone down, probably because of the form they've been on. And when we conceded that opening goal after what was it, ninety seconds or something, I was kind of sitting with my pals in the pub thinking. Oh god, here we go. Well, that's it. What a bit of a, you know, a bit of a damp squib kind of thing. But to come back in the manner we did, you know, we we should have won that game four or five one. There was only one team winning that, and it was incredible to see how well the team responded. I thought that was really encouraging for sure. Definitely. I think actually, you say we don't score the goals. I think we have a start for later on. We might as well bring it out just now. And we don't really, we haven't started games well enough this season. I think we've only scored twenty percent of our goals in the first thirty minutes, as opposed to forty percent of our goals in the last thirty minutes, which means we end up either chasing games or getting consolations. So that's why we've not been winning enough matches. But it looks like now we can, you know, we are turning around 
um, these games because, as Billy Dodds will allude to later on, he's got his team back. Uh, but let's talk about the game. That's what we're talking about right now. Um, I, I was, I was, I was lucky enough to get up for the game, um, and I thought it would look like a fantastic um, atmosphere over in the stand where you guys were. Done. Um, a few wee smoke bombs going off. You know, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say I like to see that. I like to see it. You know, I don't think that's controversial. I think you know, safe use of pyrotechnics should be allowed. But is it a pyrotechnic when it's a smoke bomb? I think you had a great time. What was the atmosphere like in there? Uh, that is one of the best nights we've had in that section so far. There's there's not been too many of them, especially lately. I think the last decent crowd we had in there was for Park Thistle. We had a Friday night. We, for some reason, that section just loves a Friday night. You'd think it'd be the opposite because it's on telly. You'd stay at home, but no, people seem to come out for it. Um, no, it was it was absolutely brilliant in there. Um, in regards to the pyro, it's it, it does make things look better. In a personal point of view, I think it's great. From a group point of view, we don't want to get the club in trouble. So if anybody's listening to this and thinking about doing it, maybe don't. It does look good, but just, you know. Let's but say, you don't you don't actively promote it. Is what you want to say? We, we, we don't actively <laughs> promote it because it is. Um, whatever people's views on it, as good as it looks and as much as I personally like it, and a lot of people do, it's uh, it can't happen just for the sake of the club. I don't necessarily agree with um, all the criticisms that you get from it and the reasons why it's banned, but it is banned. It's the same as anything else. Just I, I don't agree with the law. I'm still going to fall with them because I'm going to get in trouble if I don't. And it's the same as with the group. The group will get in trouble. The club will get in trouble. Yeah. There's no point in us, us going to these, um, the next round of caps and earning however much money for the SFA then turn around and say, right, that's 10 grand out of your prize money for whatever you're doing at the pitch or for your fan travel or whatever. Um, but no, I think uh, the West Stand is coming on. Stewart's in there as well, worth saying as well. Brilliant Friday night. They were excellent. Um, had some issues with in the past, as every fan has with a steward at, at one point. But no, absolutely fantastic in there. So a, a good vantage point for the game as well. I think you, you're able to see a lot more of the pitch uh, than you would perhaps in the North Stand, which I'm used to. So... It's, uh, it was a great atmosphere, a great night really in general. Yeah. So, if, so if what about the the tactics um, for for this game? He's, I think he's set up the same as he set up for Air, which we'll talk about in a second. Which is Carson, our extra man in the midfield. Um, I think a lot of people have been calling that for a lot of a lot of time, but obviously he's not been able to play it because of maybe the sort of personnel that's available to him. What did you think of the setup for the Kilmarnock game? I think, I mean, obviously it ties in with Air. Obviously, seeing Carson as a ten, you think. What the hell's going on here? But you know, if I remember rightly, he did play as a ten or at least a you know quite far forward central midfielder when he was at Morpeth. Um, I wouldn't say he plays that role in the same style as like you know an Andy Shinney type. He's probably not the most creative, but what he does bring is bundles of energy and you're kind of carrying the ball forward from um, you maybe just in front of the defence and he just gets up and down that pitch all game long and we we really. You know, made use of that against Air uh, when the going was getting, uh, you know, was getting you know pretty hard going in that game, um, and also just uh, it just felt like he just kind of grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck to some extent and just like dragged the team forward along with Welsh. Um, you mentioned Shaw, um, Shaw, someone who I wouldn't say is that he's the quickest wide player, but he does really well to create a bit of separation between, um, you know, he doesn't lose the ball. Well, that's it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And he, he he played really well again. Um, I think you know Shaw had recently been playing as a ten as well. I think though, well, I think he played as a ten. It was in the Dundee game, I think, a couple a couple of weeks back. But based on the last couple of games, it makes much more sense for us to keep playing Carson there um, behind Mackay and keep Shaw out wide. That that definitely seems to be where those guys are fitting best in at the minute. 
Um, so it was good to see them, you know, Dawes kind of maintain um, the same approach as he did uh, against Air United in the game against Kelly. Because, you know, I mean, fine, they're a premiership team, but I didn't really feel like they had too much to fear from them, to be honest. You know, they're down the bottom battling for their lives for a reason. They're shite. Stevie, Billy Dodds, like, in the interview where you have, uh, you talked to him later on in the pod, he he refers to his front three. And I think in some of the big games we've had in the past that we've won, it has been sort of a maybe a more counter-attacking team or a combative midfield three and then having the two sort of attacking players. So he maybe thinks about, you know, he was a striker himself, Billy Dodds. He thinks of them as a front three, you know. How, how, how do you think, how effective do you think they were in this game and how effective do you think that system will be or would be if we were able to actually play it in most of the, the games left in this, uh, this league campaign? I mean, I think I think Henderson been a revelation since he came in. I mean, he's 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 a bit of a, I'm going to say a throwback winger, but he's a sort of player. That he, I mean, I just like players that take a man in the outside, you know. And he seemed to do that. Shaw against the Airways doing that all the time. And I agree. I mean, I, I wasn't Shaw's biggest fan, but he's come on a game leaps and bounds. As you as you said, he doesn't lose the ball. But I think Mackay, when you don't play three, I think Mackay gets a bit isolated, and you see the frustration prior, maybe. Maybe prior to the Hampton games as well, the start of the year, you see McKay was visibly frustrated about the lack of support for the gap between midfield and the, the striker. Henderson and both Shaw, they, they're wide, but they come inside as well, and it gives McKay a bit of support. And he's not young anymore, so he does need a bit of help up front. But I think having Henderson on the right, I mean, he can play either side. It just it, it gives so many options. I mean, the minute cross balls Henderson again, he's probably crossed more balls in the last three or four weeks than half a team that have done all season. And uh, it's great. It's ammunition for Mackay, isn't it? All right. Well, we'll move on to to Aaron in a second, but just touch finally on the on the on the on the Kilmarnock game. Just when I was leaving the stadium, I felt like there was quite a lot of people still there, and it felt like there was quite a lot of people that didn't actually want to leave. Uh, the chairman made his way down to pitch side, embraced the manager, uh, which is there was obviously a strength of feeling there, given the some of the results that we've had yeah. in recent recent times. How much of this do you think, how much does that result itself and the fact we're in a semi-final and the fact we're playing Falkirk done, how much of that do you think will bring everybody together where before there might have been a little, a little bit of acrimony between fans and club and fans and fans? It better bring people together because I'm getting sick of the, the division because it's not. I, I honestly do not think it's as bad as people are, are thinking or people are saying. Um, I think the only thing is the results haven't been good enough. If, the, if we were top of the league, nobody would be worrying about the money. If we were sitting in the playoffs, very few people would be worried about the money. It's only as a result of the poor form, people have started taking aim at certain areas of the club. But, and if there's if there's criticism uh, that is warranted, then it's absolutely fine. I don't necessarily think all that has been warranted, to be honest. Uh, okay, let's move on to Somerset Park. Air 1, Cali Thistle 2, a better performance, better, sharper passing. Good character comeback from a goal down again. A bit of luck. Who doesn't like a day out of Somerset? Did you boys have a good one? I was good, aye. Uh, we were in, I think we'd been told we were going to be in the, the stand, you know, um, but we actually got into the terrace and back behind the dugouts and it's always good. There wasn't, any, there wasn't a great amount of fans there, but we had a fair racket and uh, I, I, again, here's one of these grounds I love going to and we always seem to turn up there. I mean, we, we stole three points the last time we played there when we won 1-0, but Again, same old story. I mean, Dundee away wasn't a great performance, but a great point. I thought against the air, Shaw for me was superb. Duffy was man of the match for me against the air. I thought it was tremendous. Dealt with, uh, I keep calling Akin Fenwa. And it's, I, always, I said this all the time, Akin Yemi. Who's Akin Fenwa? That's a big guy from Wickham, isn't it? But 
Yeah, I thought again, midfield were great. Um, was that a polished performance like we played against Kilmarnock, but that's the sort of win we, we dug it out. Um, and uh, yeah, always a great trip to hear me. Um, enjoyable, and uh, I'm sure Andrew will, will testify to that. I think I, I don't think we were that good, and I'm probably being very, very harsh here, but I don't think we were that good over the piece. The first half, I thought we were we struggled to get going a wee bit, we were going quite route one a lot of the time. You could see the frustration in Billy McKay. There was a couple of times I spotted him actually kind of like sighing his head dropping as he had to go and run and chase another long ball. What I would say though is um, finally maybe got maybe a wee bit fortunate with the sending off in hindsight, but we took advantage and our play improved a lot after that. So the second half performance was significantly better. Um, Delaney and to a lesser extent Duffy, who I thought, well, sorry, Delaney I thought was pretty poor in the first half, but he came on to a game in the second half. Duffy, as Riley said, was was solid and he was excellent second half. Um, the two of them were pushed much further up the pitch. Obviously, with that man advantage, we could afford to press an extra couple of bodies further forward. And, and that really helped Shaw out because it meant that Shaw, more often than not, was just one-on-one against his marker. And I think um, so Henderson was up against um, someone who's known to one of the members of the pod um, from oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, time time um, spent uh, coaching him and is known as a bit of a hothead. And you could see him getting frustrated with the number of times that uh, Henderson was kind of dancing by him. Uh, but yeah, anyway, with, with, with the, the kind of fullbacks pushing on a bit more, um, it freed up um, our attacking players to make more of an impact. And, you know, obviously Shaw teed up Henderson for the goal. Um, yeah, it was, it was it was a bit of a kind of, you know, you know, from uh, performance of two halves, really, I guess, uh, for us. Um, you mentioned uh, Akinyemi. Uh, yeah, he was he was a handful. Uh, I would say that Robbie Dees handled him quite well. And I think what mm-hmm. we saw with Robbie Dees' performance is that, you know, all good defenders know you can defend by not having to make a tackle. The amount of times that um, Akinyemi got the ball and then just found Robbie Dees just shadowing him, you know, off to the side of the pitch and just holding him up while other players got back in position. You did that several times, just completely, you know, blunted the air attack. Um, really intelligent play um, from Robbie Dees. He's going to be a big miss where I think, we, I think it's safe to assume he's not going to be back next season. Um, but yeah, uh, we, we we looked a lot better second half and uh, yeah, it was good to see us carry that on, as I say, um, into the Kamarnik game. So more performances like the second half against Aaron Kamarnik and uh, maybe we can just about make a late surge for the playoffs, unlikely, um, but maybe more importantly that would get us into uh, the Scottish Cup final. Did you get a pint in the bowling club? We went no. to the We went to the air um, kind of supporters club bar next to the stadium. It's a good oh, setup, one. actually. Yeah, it's a good little right. setup. Um, you know, um, pretty pretty modern. Um, de- decent space outside to have a drink and stuff. Yeah, no, it was really good. The sort of thing we should have more. Just right across from the main stand, little Asher Tough, the beer garden, and uh, yeah, I uh, really, really good place, mate. Really good. Great. Yeah, okay, exactly. let's move on to Dundee one. Uh, Inverness won pretty even overall. I think uh, quite a few people after the Hamilton games were waiting for us to get pumped so they could uh, put the boot into the manager. First half wasn't great, which generated some unrest in the stand. Uh, and it's probably the first time that I've heard sort of proper um, manager out chants, few as they were, but there were they were audible um, for a good long time. So it wasn't a great atmosphere. Um so, although it was a good result at the end of the day. Samuels is in from the start. Was it too early for him, do you think? Uh, I think it was Welsh and Allardyce partnered in midfield. So and what sort of difference did they make in this game? I think this game showed the importance of Mackay. Uh, obviously, he was sent off against Hamilton uh, a few days before. 
Samuels is a useful player, but he's not Billy McKay. Um, I'm, I'm sure he won't be too upset with me saying that. Um, you know, he, he, he worked hard, he ran about a lot, but he just doesn't have the same kind of guile and craft as McKay to hold the ball up. Um, I thought it was a... I would have taken a point before the game, before the game but you know we, we did kind of steal it. Dundee should have won that. They had by far the better chances. They had, I'm sure people have probably seen on social media, a laughable offside decision um, given against them when, I, I, can't remember, must have, I can't remember the boy's name, but he was onside by about six, seven yards. Um, yeah, it was, it was really destroyed. Our only good bit of play probably came with the equaliser and even then there was a, a degree of fortune about it. Um, yeah, it was it was a game really for us to forget. Just just too many players having off days. Just it just it just looks so out of sorts. And you know, to be fair, I, I can I can see why what we saw that Saturday in combination with the incredibly poor run of form, and you can't get away from it. It's been a shocking run of form. I, I can see why supporters were getting pissed off. Do I agree with the exact words of the chant that they were aiming at Dodds? No, um, but. I, I can I can kind of understand why they were they were getting pissed off, um, but yeah, it was. I thought I thought the chat some of the chants themselves were a wee bit cringeworthy. You know, leave, leave that to the opposition fans who who don't like Dodds and stuff. And I guess you know, at least as far as you can, try and back the team. You know, throughout the ninety. But yeah, it was. Uh, I, d- I did wonder if we lost that game, if things might get pretty unsavoury at the end. But thankfully, they didn't. Yeah, we we, we stole a point. I mean, yeah, that that offside one was a joke, but. Um... Again, I thought we played all right second half. Again, it's a similar story to maybe here. Start slowly and grew into the game. And I, I just think I pointed the game off. But um, yeah, it was damage limitation because obviously the Hamilton games, you were you were fearing the worst when you obviously go up to Dens Park. And uh, yeah, we missed McKay last week. And a couple of pints in the trolling. Always always nice to visit that little that little haunt. Is that where you disappeared to? Yeah, that was, that was tremendous. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, uh, Stevie I'm doesn't like him. I always, always make him go. Always make him go. Uh, okay, let's talk about this back to back Hamilton horror show. Um, two one, and then three uh, nil to them. Well, three nil to them up the road. Um, this is Hamilton. Billy Dodd's a bet noir, isn't it? These back to back losses. I think. Um, I think they generated more ire than we've seen before, uh, and then obviously that was carried into the into the Dundee game. Um, I'll ask a question because we do need to ask difficult questions on this podcast. Um, we can ask the difficult questions, but at the same time, we can have our own opinions because people are asking the questions. If Billy Dodds doesn't get the win, the 3-0 win against Livingston, and then he, he loses these two Hamilton games, is is he in danger of, of being out of a job? Not immediately because his contract's up in the summer and we're not going to sack the manager, I don't think. I, I can't see us paying off a manager's contract at the moment. Um Results in terms of the results, his job's under threat if he does that. Livingston's obviously a massive result. Livingston away, a Premiership team beating them 3 0, that's worth a couple of Championship defeats. And obviously, now as we go on, we've beaten Kelly as well. And the bigger picture, that is worth a couple of poor results in the Championship, whether it's Aki's, whether it's Dundee away, whether it's whoever it is. Um, but no, this, the simple fact of the matter is, I never really was confident Billy Dodds we get sacked because one, can we afford it? And two, who's going to come in? Who's going to do better? Who can we afford and who's available for us to come in? Um, the the injury excuse that we were hearing was wearing a bit thin at that point. And I think that's what had annoyed the fans. And especially at the end of last season, how we started this season was brilliant as well. The beating Livy in the league cap group stages, winning that group. So I think people expected a bit more, which is fair enough. But football fans are fickle. They forgot what happened at the end of last season. 
they forgot how easily Dawes turned it around. Um, from what I was hearing from inside the club, not from people in there, but people around, I, I don't think Dawes was ever close to being sacked. I think his job was under threat, but whether he was close to being sacked, I don't know. Okay, well, well, we'll come on to that topic in in depth a little bit later in the pod. Let's talk about Hamilton. Um, why did he have the Indian sign over us, stuff? And why did we predict that we were going to get beaten by them? You know, the thing is, by, by this point, we're, we're we're kind of you know by the by the time of these two defeats, the three 0 one was at mid mid February, and the um the two one midweek loss a few days later. You know, we're pretty much at full strength. I mean, I think we're maybe a what a Robbie D's away from a a full strength. Squad. So, um, as Dan's just said, you know the injury excuse. I don't think you can use that here. Um, I, j- I just think we were uh, we, we actually played quite well in the midweek game. Actually, I have to be honest. Um, because it went, went through. There's a a few folk through there. Um, and we were much better than the defeat on Saturday. Um, it was good to see. Uh, I always love seeing it. You saw under Hughes and I guess Patterson back in the days. You know, uh, fullbacks just rampaging forward. Obviously, you know the Scottish classic Scottish Cup semi final against Celtic. You know, Graham Shinney basically bursting into the box to tee up David Raven. You know, we never really see that kind of thing from the likes of Delaney and Duffy. You know, they're they're not the same kind of players, but. In, in in this game against uh, Hamilton, um, you know Carson in particular was was played much further forward down the right, and he was linking really well with um, with Henderson on the right as well, um, and that that seemed to be where a lot of our attacking play came from. Um, so you know, keep doing that, Dodds, and maybe maybe we'll get a few more good chances at least. Um, you know, p- pushing forward a wee bit more. But defensively, we look suspect. You know, it was a poor opening goal to concede. I don't think any highlights have ever actually come out from this. But um, you know, Aki's basically had a free header from a corner and um, and scored from it. Um, Tammy Harper channeled his inner Josh Meekins to look, looks like he handled the ball on the line with a, um, a goal band shot from uh, one of the Aki's players. Um, and then just just really poor play from from Danny McKay, just giving away a penalty um, as well. Um, that allowed Aki's to go ahead, and then obviously you know a, a rare bit of indiscipline from Billy McKay with two really quick yellows. One really questionable one for diving, and then the second for apparently kind of kicking out a, a opposition player. Um, the referee, of course, was Colin Stephen, who we've um, maybe benefited from um, in some games against Wraith Rovers in particular. But uh, I, I kind of feel like at the end of that game, Dodds spent a lot of time uh, on the pitch having a real good go at Colin Stephen. I don't know if he was doing that to maybe kind of curry some favour with the Inverness fans. or maybe Never trust a guy with, with two Christian names. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he seemed to kind of deliberately be waiting for Colin Stephen to walk off. So any booze might have been directed at him. Um, but no, he, he got a, a fair few pelters um, from the Inverness fans that were there. It's just, I, I, think, I think what we saw there was, you know, by that point, I think was it two, two wins or something since mid-October three defeats against Hamilton this season again, you know, the, a team at the bottom, albeit fighting for their lives, that extended the, the run to, was it two wins in 12 against these guys? And I think, I think, you know, results like that just, you know, snapped the patience, I think, for a lot of Inverness fans, myself included. Um, as Dan just said, you know, obviously the, the Livy win probably bought them some time, but yeah, I, 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 can, I can see why people were, were probably pushed over the edge with these results because, um, there was a stat doing the rounds on social media um, about how I think since was it uh, the last the last win against a full time team, Park Thistle, um, on the fifteenth October, Inverness had has since that result had the worst form in the league, twelve points out of the well, however many games since then. You know that, that, that that's like worse than Cove, or mm. Rolf, Hamilton, 
Um, there was there was a start as well, not a start, but a, a sort of a statement a friend of mine made on a social made on a, a WhatsApp group, and it was um, there was an argument at that time with the back back to back Hamilton losses that that we are the we were the worst full time club in Scotland. Yeah, <laughs> arguably, uh, yeah. At that and, point, and, and which I, is a I, bit of a stretch because obviously we're higher in the league. But yeah, I mean, and I, I, I can see why fans' patience, you know, just went after that because it's 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 an abysmal run of form, and you, you can't, you know, there, there's no getting around that. And sadly, it's a mirror of last season as well. And it's even worse this season, given how poor overall the league is. I mean, was it Queens Park or top with what 47, 50 points? You know, an average of something like is it barely over two points a game, if that. Um, it, All right, well, let's, let's finish off the section where we talk about football with a really good football game. Livingston nil, Cali Thistle 3. Um, I think if Dodd's spell can be summed up with a performance, well, it was the performance against Livingston and the performance against Kilmarnock. Uh, similar performances to what we've seen in, in Friday night games in the past, to County on the telly a few years ago. And it's the same It's the same guy scoring. It's two for Billy Mackay. Uh, one, I think, was voted, the second one was voted goal of the round. And a header from Sean Welsh, who just like hangs up in the in the air, you know. Uh, and and Mark Ridgers with some actually great saves in this game, Stevie. No, brilliant. <clears throat> Excuse me. And yeah, one one I've never seen coming. You know, it, it makes it even more sweet. I think when you go to a, a ground, a team who I think at the time I know they slipped away. I think they were top four. I mean, they had great results against so firm. I think they beat Hearts at home or Hibs at home before that. But no, it was great. I mean, I, I think. Maybe that was the sort of game we needed where the pressure of the league and the, the, the sort of... That, that's, this, this was obviously before the Hamilton disasters. I mean, we started the, 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 the sort of 2023, all right. I mean, it's not great, but we were we were undefeated up to the Levy game. And I think we, we probably remember about maybe, let's, let's see what happens, let take the pressure off and stuff. And we played free-flowing football. I mean, the two McKay goals, I mean, tremendous. I mean, Welsh's header, I mean, it's shocking defending how there's three defenders there and he gets a free header, but... Yeah, it was a great, great game all around. But for me, unexpected. Two bottles of Mad Dog consumed uh, before and after <laughs> the game. So um, that's a bit hazy. But yeah, no, tremendous day out. But yeah, just did not expect it. And uh, yeah, probably enlightened the mood a bit. It was a great. I was having watched um, Falkirk the other night, time of recording. Um, their route to the final, I think, is is it's Darvel, Air, yeah. Wick Academy, I think. You know, yeah. they, haven't yeah. be- they haven't beaten anybody. They haven't beaten any Premier Premiership opposition. We've beaten two back-to-back Premiership opposition. It's a much, much harder task. Um, Good point. Strange the way people get roots, roots to roots to semi-final. Anyway, so a bigger discussion later in the pod um, about the manager, about the football club. But if you take out Hamilton, take out those Hamilton results, this is actually a great run of the results, as Stevie's alluded to. So, you know, Dodd's in. Some say Dodd's out. We will be shaking it all about with that discussion later on in the pod. You got no soul, you rubber bumpers! Spit that! Well, well, well. The club, where do we start? Finances, free transfers or free ports? Well, thankfully, we're, we've been joined by a, a late arrival who is uh, an expert on Freeports. He's actually late uh, arriving to the pod tonight because he's been reading about what Freeports actually are. Uh, Andrew Yang, good evening. Welcome to the pod. And tell me, what is a Freeport? <laughs> I don't have the foggiest. <laughs> I think, do you know what it sounds like? It sounds like some sort of um, 
Tory bullshit that's about you know trying to uh, elude um, elude paying your taxes properly. But um, I don't know. I'm sure I'm sure the club wouldn't want to um, capitalise on anything as unethical as that. I, I genuinely don't really know what they're about. They're tax okay. dodges. They're I tax that's what dodges. I thought. That's what I thought. They are tax dodges, aren't they? Yeah. Yes. D- oh, d- yeah. Different, so different, e- different economical and um, other regulations uh, apply in free ports. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, what, what will we start with? We will start with the finances, of course. The recently announced accounts had fans running to decry the club going into administration before the club had even released a statement. That statement addressing the £835,000 loss the club recorded in season 21 22. The key points of the statement being the club is reliant on goodwill of directors and other sources. They're moving towards a position where all of their hard work and external revenue streams come to fruition. Streams, love it. They plan to be able to include an update in the major joint projects they've been working on at the AGM on 28th of March at time of recording, and they continue to speak to and search for new directors to help them take advantage of the forthcoming opportunities with these projects. And there is no bank debt. So let's actually hear from a new voice on this. Season ticket holder Mark Bogue looks into the goings-on and asks some tough questions, and some of them might even be about us. It's amazing what a glimmer of hope can do to one's psyche. When I first was, when I was first asked to give my thoughts on the fi- finances at the club, I was ready to give both barrels to the current CEO, chairman, and board for their financial misgivings. Yet this morning, I sit here knowing we are in the cup semi-final, drawn to play Falkirk, with an amazing opportunity to get through to a money-spinning final against the old firm. And if, by some miracle, we win the Cup, we will be guaranteed eight European games. And if we lose the Europa playoff, we could end up in the Conference League group stages and a £5 million windfall. But this is all hypothetical at the moment, and there is no guarantee we will even get past a very good Falkirk side who have only lost once since November. Therefore, I would like to focus the attention away from the cup and all the possibilities that that may incur, but rather focus on the main issues that I believe as a fan base and as a club we are facing at the moment. Two weeks ago, we learned the club had made a loss of £800,000 in the 21-22 financial year, and I believe this calculates a total losses at £3 million over five years. So significant are these losses that the auditors were quoted as saying A material uncertainty puts the club's future in significant doubt. And how did the board respond to this? Well, Scott Gardner was on the BBC Radio Scotland before the air game, making statements such as, there really isn't anything to worry about. There is no danger ICT will go into administration. He also made the claim that you can't overspend if you pay your bills on time, which I just found rather ridiculous, to be honest. Scott Garner seemed particularly peeved that the fans and the press were focusing solely on the line by the auditors that the club's future was in significant doubt and that it was unjustified, which again just seems bizarre seeing that we've lost three million over five years for a club our size. Then the chairman stated in a club statement that he hopes to enlighten fans and shareholders on the hugely exciting potential that the club are situated within a free port tax zone. Well, what exactly does this entail? 
Well, we are yet to find out. And this brings me to my last point. Who will hold these people to account? Who is prepared to scrutinise their decision-making directly? And I want to be clear, you know, I have been vocal about the podcast on social media over the last few weeks. And I want to be clear that it's nothing personal because I do enjoy the pod. I do enjoy listening to you guys and the material that you bring up. It, It is very interesting. But myself, and I think there are many others, feel that the podcast could potentially be the one that asks the, t- the tough questions, could be the voice for the fans, eh, for those who don't feel like they get listened to, as you, have, you do seem to have direct access to the club in certain ways. And therefore I ask, like, how do you guys feel about that? Do you, is this a role that you guys could play? Or, you know, is this not really what you feel called to do? And if it's the latter, then, you know, who will stand up and be counted? Who will... Um, uh, give those questions that we so desperately want the ownership to to answer. And where's the supporters' trust in all this? A few weeks ago I was told that the supporters' trust wanted an, an audience with the board and yet nothing seems to have happened from that. Do the club take the supporters' trust seriously? You know, I mean, I know the guys that do work in the trust and I don't mean anything against them. They do a fantastic job and that... Um, poll they did recently was a very brilliant piece of work and I hope they find some good answers from that for the club going forward but when it comes to scrutinising the board I, I don't feel there's really enough of that and lastly I conclude my fear is in the coming weeks that cup fever is going to set in and everybody will conveniently forget and put their heads in the sand regarding our financial position Naturally, this would happen when a team is doing well on the pitch. We are talking about the future of the club right now. We cannot let this slide. And I believe the fan base have real questions which have to be answered. Season ticket holder Mark Bogue there, voicing his concerns, pulling no punches. Anybody want to take him up on any of those points? He does raise some very pertinent topics and questions. Yeah, I'll I'll have a go. Um, first, I think actually the way he sort of laid it all out when he kind of laid out the thing about three million pound loss over five years and the fact that um, Scott Gardner seemed to almost sound dismissive when he came out in the sports and I think it was a very very fair point. Um, the vagueness of it, I think, uh, of the reaction, I think is understandable that Mark would have all those sorts of concerns. Um, and I like the fact that he's prepared to kind of step up and and kind of like ask more answers about that in regards to what you said about us you know should we not be the people that have as having a direct line to the club be the ones that sort of um ask the hard questions i get that but i actually think that what we're doing tonight giving someone like mark the chance to put those questions you know to scott garner or to, to the listenership in general and sandy later on we'll hear from him as well i think that is more of what we should be doing rather than necessarily always being the ones to kind of ask the questions face to face um i do think though what we should do is press for a direct response from scott Gardner to exactly what mark was talking about tonight say to him or sort of invite him to say look can you address this can you not acknowledge that people are genuinely concerned if the auditors have said there's a danger to the club's future how can we possibly dismiss that you know these are the financial uh, professionals you can understand why the fans lose confidence if the board aren't addressing that openly enough um 
in terms of is he fair to us or not, um, he kind of said he... I, I actually thought sometimes he was a bit over the top in his criticism of us, do you know what I mean? And also he said maybe that's not what you're called to do in this podcast to um, to put criticism to, to the club. And actually, no, it's not It's not really what I want to do. I think we should do it. Sometimes we're responsible for doing it, but there's a lot more to it. We want to enjoy ourselves. We want to talk to other fans. We want to kind of celebrate what we like about the club. So I don't think we should suddenly become the kind of main... Um, I would say we're not... We, someone said that once before, and I said, I said it immediately, called, uh, we're not the voice of the fans. I'm I'm no. the I'm the voice of me. You're the voice mm. of you. Stevie said we're all we're all our own voices. And there, if there is a voice of the fans, it's just, it should be the sports trust. That's who the voice I, of the fans. Can I, just, can I just speak up for for Stevie the other night? Because Stevie absolutely um, kind of put himself up as happy clapper and cheap on Twitter on Friday night, and it was like the kind of you know the the night from um, the Holy Grail, kind of like fighting off absolutely everyone. <laughs> and basically what yeah, he did... Fuck the big boys. Fuck them. Exactly. He, he established himself as happy clapper in chief. And I think the rest of us, to varying degrees, we're all sort of a bit different in our attitudes. I think... Um, that makes it work. See why? You're bang on. You're bang on. We've yeah. different opinions. You're bang on. Yeah. So, aye. But no, I think, I think you know, I think Mark spoke well. I think you raised some really pertinent points. I think the most pertinent point of all was a point about the fact that you cannot just dismiss, you know things like experts kind of you know opinions like the auditors opinions as if it'll all be fine especially as we've already kind of discussed that this the allusions to the freeport are incredibly vague no one has any idea what if anything i might deliver there's nothing about time scale and that's something we've also been a bit concerned about is all the stuff you talked about monetizing resources that the club might have you know the battery farm the land all that sort of stuff it all sounds good in principle but when's it actually going to happen in practice you know we need time scale we need something about that well, I think that's what they're going to come out and, and say soon, Dan, isn't it? You 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 have chats you have, you have chats with the board, presumably with uh, uh, John Robertson. We'll talk about him later, uh, and people like that. Do, you know, what's what's your what's your inside info? I mean, we chats. There's there's honestly not much inside info I can give. We have we chats, and everything that they're saying as um, again, if we're talking about the Freeport, my understanding of it with everybody else is a totally tax dodge. But if that can benefit us, then why not? I can understand people wanting more more info on these things, but at the same time, it's the people who need to know will know. The ones who are doing the work, the ones who are going through the process, they will know. Um, sometimes I question the, the distrust of certain individuals within the club, and I, I, I just want to know what it's based on, because I, I don't think that... Uh, there's, there's maybe things to criticise, there's maybe things to be wary of, but what are they based on when people say it? Because I've not seen anything. Maybe others have. The concert thing, I think, is a side. Is, is, take that aside from everything else because it's not necessarily anything to do with how the club is being run. And in general, with the concert thing, they did put on concerts. They weren't wildly successful, but they put on two concerts. So that's other promotion companies may now look at our stadium as a viable concert venue, which brings in more money. It's, it's not necessarily the fact that Scott Gardner or whoever else may be running the concerts next time, but we've shown that we can do it. That's more money. That's earning potential. The Barty Farm as well. We don't know anything about it because they've not really come out and said it, but they must know. I, I trust them that they're they're looking into this and doing it properly. I'll happily be proven wrong in a few years. Hopefully I'm not. But if they are, sorry, if I am, I'll hold my hands up. So, I just can't get past the image of chickens. When you say battery farm, I just see chickens. Oh, well, hopefully it's not that. I mean, hopefully that's not uh, something they've signed and we're going to get a thousand chickens delivered at the stadium when we think it's going to be lithium batteries. Um, <laughs> but, but but that's that's the way people are acting at the minute. And 
listen, if that if that happens, it'll be disastrous. <laughs> but let's not count those chickens before they come home to roost because we don't know what's going to happen. Very well said, very well said. So how do you lose £800,000? Cryptocurrency, um, Andrew Tate pyramid scheme, any of the above? I never agree with some of the stuff Dan's saying, but on the concert thing, I think the problem we've got now is that because some local firms have lost money, they're going to be a bit more reticent to put money into the club in the future. Um, I do agree, however, that kind of, I guess, a general um, diversifying of income streams is a good idea. Um, but what I think we've seen so far, however, is that whatever these schemes have been so far, we don't know too much about them, but that's maybe not too essential. But it seems that we don't have the right people in place to manage them, to make them successful. And then they just end up um, either not generating as much revenue uh, as expected for the club, um, or they go horrendously wrong and you know we, we suffer kind of reputational damage, which in the long run is not going to be a good thing. Um, uh, and as a result... You know, looking through the accounts and and you know the auditors saying there's a kind of a going concern for the club, but they've been, you know, assured by the um by the the management or or whatever the right phrase was that you know these various schemes will be successful and keep us going. I, I just I just I'm I'm starting to doubt whether that's actually the case or not because you know pe- people talk about this battery farm. It's become a bit of a meme to bash the club, really, to be honest. Um, and you know we we can't dance around the numbers. They're they're awful. They're really bad. Um, you know, money that's uh, owed to um, various people um, it doesn't make pleasant reading. And, and the and the losses seem to have increased by basically not paying suppliers and HMRC, which doesn't sound like it's going to end particularly well if that continues. Um, can I come in on one thing? Just and this kind of follows up on what you're saying, Sav, about maybe being in agreement with some of what Dan said, but not all of it. I think Dan, you mentioned um, you don't understand why people are so quick to criticise or um, immediately distrust Scott Gardner. I think a lot of that, and it might not be fair at all, but a lot of it comes from listening to supporters of other clubs that's been involved in, particularly Dundee. Dundee fans seem to really have it in for him. And I think, um, I mean, we know that Dundee fans are full of an inordinate amount of shite, but um, they seem to think they didn't have a particular, do a particularly good job when he was there. And I think our fans, especially people that are more inclined to criticise, are going to immediately jump on that and, and judge him on that. It might not be fair, but I think that's a lot of where, where a lot of it's coming from. No, Mark spoke well, and uh, as the happy clapper, I'm going to defend the club a wee bit here because that's what we do. But there's a couple of things. I mean, back to the concerts, the, the club, they built off more than they can chew. That's, what they, that's first of all what they've done, right? So, I mean, if you look back to pre-COVID, I think they did Westlife and someone teed up. And I mean, I'd be I'd be front of Westlife at the Cali Stadium. I fucking love those boys. Give me four steals any day. But it was it was run by other companies, and they've obviously they've, seen, they've thought they've thought here's a revenue stream where we can just take ownership, right, and uh, do it ourselves. And Scott Gardner had and still part of a successful event company who still do events every 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 other week. Um, so there's experience there. I just think. They built off more than they can chew with the concerts. And I get the point one of the boys made. My, my only concern I brought up with previous podcasts is they have pissed off a lot of local businesses, but I think the club have reacted by bringing grass in. That's the reason why Green Bennett's back in, is to bridge that gap. Because, and I know this from a fact, Green Bennett's got relationships that Ross Morrison and Scott can never have. He's, he's ingrained in the city. Um, not squeaky clean, but it's a different story. But he has a lot of connections. And I think that's a, 
a feather in the club's cap that they've actually realised that maybe we pissed a lot of businesses off here. So how do we do that? Bring someone in that can maybe bridge the gap and me being the happy clapper, I think the club have done well. Um, 800 grand is a, is a shocking amount of money to lose, but once we win the Scottish Cup, get in the Europa League, that's five million quid for you and we're all we're all laughing next season. I think Mark also says, you know, who who are these who are the people answerable to? Who's Scott Gardner answerable to? Or people in the custodians of the club, who are they answerable to? Well, they're answerable to the fans. But in terms of a boardroom situation, I think Graham Bennett's come in there and I think they'll be answerable to him. You know, he used to be, he used to run the club, basically. They will be, I think they will ultimately uh, be answerable to him and they're answerable to the chairman as well, to an extent as well. So uh, anyway, um, uh, other related club items on my agenda here. Richard Hastings inducted into the Canada's Hall of Fame. He's now up there with John Candy and Benton Fraser. And the campaign for a roof has launched. And, you know, raise the roof. Tell me what's going on. Yeah, launched finally. It took us a wee while to get going, um, but I think there was points of Friday night which showed exactly why we need it when that blizzard came in. Um, as fun as, as that is to be a part of when we're winning, when we're getting beat 3-0 and you're, you're getting snowed on or rained on, it's not the best, but it's uh, that was our probably our, our one of our primary goals when we, when we started this, was to get a roof over that stand, because it's you, you can't have a section in there uh, singing or not singing, standing or not standing without a roof. You're exposed to the elements. I think um, next to our growth, we must be one of the most exposed stadiums in the country. Um, it's going to take a lot of effort and uh, I've not put anything out at the moment because I've just simply not had time to, but we're on uh, £1,000 raised over just donations so far. That's no events, no raffles, nothing like that, which we have planned, but just in terms of donations, we're at £1,000 already. Um, which is fantastic. We we don't exactly know what number we're needing to get to, um, because of the, the further it goes on, we've had reassurances from people that we may then have it topped up by certain individuals, not necessarily the club, uh, but other individuals as well. So, so don't think the club could top up uh, around in the in the in the pub at this point. Well, that's the thing as well. If I was going to come on to it, definitely um, not for Stevie. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's been criticism from people that I've seen um, asking why it's, it's fans that are expected to foot the bill and the last thing we want to be doing is taking money out of the operating budget the transfer budget mm-hmm. people can't have it both ways they're talking about the club losing money and then they expect them it's the same people I've seen as well I'm not going to name names but it is some of the same people they're they're talking about the losses the club are making and then they're, uh, they're implying that the club should be paying for a roof over a stand that is it's not the club that want it they want us in there, but we want the roof. So it's, it's very much a family yeah. project. Um, the level of collaboration we've seen, I, I don't think there's anything that's been attempted like it with the, the club, the supporters' trust, with the travel club, with us, with you guys. Not to my knowledge, not to my memory, is anything like this ever been attempted. So that's one positive thing, certainly. And any any bites from any local firms, any, any help mm-hmm. maybe offered up there? Uh, so no, nothing yet, but we're always open to that, whether it is, I have no uh, disagreement with naming that stand after somebody, if somebody wants to come in and pay for their for the roof to go up. Listen, Dan, um, I've got a name for you, mate, the Bruce, McGreg- <laughs> Bruce McGregor West Stand. Bruce listens to the pod, so Bruce, there we go. contact I... me. All your millions, mate, can be used to further the Section 84 boys' cause, so get in touch. The Fiddler's Perfect. Stand. Maybe not. Fiddler, fiddler on the Roof. I think Fiddler Stand hey. might be a bit more uh, appropriate over the bridge, but uh, 
Uh, okay, one more thing on my list for this section. Interesting fact, interesting fact time. This season, only Jordan White has made more appearances at Victoria Park than John Robertson. Oh, yeah, I'll start right. I mean, Jesus. I'm, I'm the happy clapper here. I mean, I may have to just turn suit here and become Stevie. Uh, come on, come on. Listen, John Robertson's done a hell of a lot for his football club. I, he's still doing a hell of a lot for the football club. He's been an absolutely fantastic manager. He's, oh. won, he's won us titles, he's won us things. Um, but you know, he's now at Victoria Park every weekend when 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 Cali Thistle are playing. No, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to turn heel. I'm going to do a Steve, Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania 17. I'm turning heel, so I, I, I don't agree with me. I'm I, I've heard from sources that he's scouting when he's at his games but that's bullshit in my opinion um, I get it he's sporting director but he's, he's, he's got a bit of games he's, he's, he oversees the footballing project he, he basically Billy does his line into Scott and then into the chairman he's got to be watching our games I mean I don't care if you're watching video all week you've got to be at games you've got to feel it you've got to see it smell it and I mean I don't think Rob has got a lot of home games I know, I know he's on Friday and um, he'll be at Hamden on the big game but I don't think he lost a lot of home games because He's his TV work, but I love the guy. He's a legend, and uh, I'm trying to go back to being a face here, guys. But no, I, I I don't agree with it. I just think maybe the odd that now and then at Tyne Castle for a Sunday game, but on a Saturday, if we're playing there at Somerset Park, he should be there or at a ground in our division that, that he's scouting opposition players, not Ross County against Motherwell. Just do, doesn't make sense, but he's got the autonomy to do it, he's allowed to do it, I don't agree with it, mate, but... Well, yeah, is, is, his, is his contract, um, from when he was manager, is his contract not up at the end of the season? I don't know what his contract status says, mate, he'll probably have a, he'll probably have a new contract because he's got a new role, so I don't know do what that... So? I will have, you won't have a, a manager's job, it'll be a director of football contract, so different KPIs and stuff like that, so... I'd probably agree with a lot of that, to be honest. Um, I mean, I like Robbo, got a lot of time for him, Um he was very open and honest when uh, I think it was Riley interviewed him uh, a while back about some of his personal struggle struggles. So I admire him a lot for opening up about that. Not an easy thing to do, um, but yeah, you kind of think, well, you're 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 paid to, um, you know, you're paid by Inverness Kai Thistle. You know, fine if like the the odd trip to Dingwall for scouting purposes, and you just happen to be commentating at the same time. I could live with that. It does seem to be a bit more frequent than I. Uh, like to believe happens if he's genuinely scouting and I, I just don't see how he's actually I, I don't see how any of the players he's watching when he's commentating are viable scouting targets for us um, so I uh, tend to take the um, excuse or reasoning with a significant pinch of salt um, I, I would probably prefer him to yeah, be out and about you know, uh, you know championship games or having a wee look at a player down in England or something like that um, you know more, more often than not, really, than commentating yep. on Ross County. Well, at time of recording, we only have five players in contract for next season. So, yeah, we need we need we need a lot of scouts. We need a whole troop. <clears throat> more than that later. For McDonald, up the castle, Inverness men, Weegee's hustle, Jenny Heaver, CCTV, PC's pizzas, Judas City, Farland Park, the library, Spectrum Centre, Moggy Story, Cali Thistle, the Golden Mile, Music Centre. And now a new feature called Something with Andrew Sutherland. What is it? Please do tell us. Tell the audience. Oh, I haven't really thought of anything significant in terms of uh, naming it, but basically a kind of a, a, a guessing game, you know, guess who, who am I? You know, I'm sure we can think of something in the future that's a bit more snappy than that. But yeah, uh, five clues and um, yeah, just see if you can guess who this 
former Cali Thistle player, legend, duffer, jobber, whoever they may be, um, is. Put some some really really fun music behind us to make it jazzy. Right, first clue. uh, My former teammates include Barry Wilson. Gil Blumenstein. No, and Michael Fraser. Who? Say again, Blumenstein, Fraser. No, no. My... this is going well. Uh, my former my former teammates include Barry Wilson, Dougie Emery, and Michael Fraser. Right, right. We'll, right move we'll on. Move, we'll move on. Um, played under Craig Brewster. I, I, I'm going to guess. Can I guess? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go for Marcus Patalina. No. Uh, Don't aside, No. Aside from uh, playing at Cali Thistle, I also played for uh, Greenwood Morton, Dunfermline, and Dundee, amongst others. That's a tough one. Right, yeah. You... No. Uh, Connor Good. Pepper. No. Uh, Dan, you've, Dan, Dan, you've got it, mate. You're just holding the back here, aren't you? <laughs> no, I've got fucking no idea. The, the last two will hopefully give you more of a clue. Um, I scored on my league debut, being set up by Ross Tokley. You only played under Craig Booster? Mm hmm. Oh. Dundee, Dundee, the friendly and, Morton. That's Andy Barrowman. Yes. Oh, well done, anyway. Well done. The yes, final, the, 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 the final clue was I joined Cali Thistle from Ross County. So final well, clue. Joe McGear. No, no, he's he's Kelty Hearts director of football. He's also at Ross County most of the Saturdays. All right, that was good. Enjoyed that. There um, we go. So is, this regu- is this a regular feature then? Yeah, I like it. Regular feature. Not regular feature. Yeah. Well done anyway. Good shout, mate. You can talk to me. Talk to me. You can talk to me. Talk to me, Jay Henderson, the 21-year-old midfielder is on loan from St. Mirren. He's played 27 times over a couple of years for their first team and since joining on loan in January he started I think nine games and registered three goals his dad Darren was also a professional footballer having played for 12 senior clubs even managing 24 games for county in 2000-2001 so how is the son making up for the sins of the father Stevie found out Tell me a bit about <laughs> your time in Inverness so far how you found the last couple of months and move up No I've loved it it's um it's been good for me, especially on the football side, because I've I've got what I came here to do, which was playing football and enjoying my football again. And even even on the living side, it's a nice place to stay. So I've loved it the past couple of months. Eh? I I think I think we're sporting the press. I think obviously your dad did a wee spell at Ross County about twenty years ago. But did your dad give you any tips and no tips that lived in Ireland? But any any info and his experiences when he lived up here? I think um, he was on the same boat as me with that one. He just he obviously wanted me to come back and come in and enjoy my football and play again. So, but um, obviously I was a wee bit nervous coming, staying away from home and how far away from home it is. But um, it's been good. I've had no problems so far. So I've been, I'm, I'm loving it to be fair. Obviously, we'd beat Lewis Jameson up um, for six months. I think it was the start of last year. Do you speak a little Lewis about the move, or do he give you any info on it? I asked him before I came up to be fair and, and he had nothing but good words to say about the club as as a whole and the people at the club. So obviously he he's back at Simon and he's doing well, so it's good to see. So I get asked him a couple of times, but he had some good words to say, so kinda persuaded me to come a wee bit more. 
So I work with a couple of Samara fans, Jay, and they were surprised that we got in loan. Obviously, I mean, you'd, you'd burst on it. So you think you'd, I'm using Wiki, mate, so I might be wrong, but about 27 appearances, a couple of goals. I remember seeing that goal against United at Tannadice. But how was it breaking into the team at first, and how did you enjoy your, your first set of spells, Simon? Um, well, obviously, I had a loan at Clyde before, which didn't really go to plan. I was, I think it was during COVID and I was a wee bit younger, right. so maybe I wasn't set up for that yet. But I came back and Jim Goodwin put a wee bit of trust in me and stuff. So, um, that was good, especially playing in the Premier League. It was it was a wee bit daunting at first, maybe, but um, I had good players around me and experience around me. So, it kind of helped me to settle in a wee bit. So, obviously, my first start was in Dingwall, so... Um, but it was good. I enjoyed it, but um, the, the quality levels isn't. It's not a lot different to, to the championship. So um, it was just a bit back then. It was just a bit me playing football, and and obviously it's part of part of your career. Sometimes maybe not playing as much as you would like. So um, I'm thankful that I got the chance to come up here and, and play again. So that's how it kind of kind of came about. So. Uh, the boys that speak to us, the Murn fans, say it's not to do with your talent. I think it's just maybe the way the current manager maybe doesn't play a system that maybe suits you. And it's obviously it's good that you also come up to us and get game time. So that's been a benefit for you. Of course, I um, I go and watch St Murn when I can. So I was there on Saturday. Well, not Sunday when they played Celtic, but they're doing well, the boys. I, I don't have anything bad to say. The gaffer, it was just sometimes you play, sometimes you don't. And... It was probably a case of me just going out and getting games, obviously, because my contract's up. So I need to prove to my own gaffer, my gaffer here, and then anybody else. So I think it's just a case of me going and showing what I can do again. So, so on the pitch, it's been, it's, I'd probably say it's positive then. You've, I mean, I'm, I'm, two goals, three goals since you've come up, probably assisted a few as well. So you've you've obviously slotted the team well and uh, enjoyed your time so far with us. Yeah, of course. I think... Um, the gaffer tells me just to go and be as positive as I can and, and go and express myself. And I think that when I go on the pitch, I just try and do that. And obviously, I've got really good players around me, like Welshie, Scotty, Billy and that as well. So, who can help me out even with the experience side of things. So, um, no, I'm just going to just try and work as hard as I can and hopefully we get some more wins on the board and then we can look to get right at about the playoffs. So long term and she obviously I, I didn't know you're out of contract, that's news, I didn't know that. So is the aim then obviously you might be playing the Premier League with one team next year, but is the aim to sort of see how it goes at the end of the season, maybe try and force your way back into St. Mirren, or are you you maybe looking long term at us or other options? Um I've I'm not really thinking about that to be honest at the moment. Um I've not I've not really spoken about it to St. Mirren either. I'm just I'm taking a game as a, a game at a time, to be honest. Um if something happens, I've been there for eleven years, so I don't know um, what will happen with that. But um, no, I'm loving it up here, so that's always an option if if, if that came through. But um, I've not really thought about next beyond next season. So another big game a week Saturday, away at Queens Park. So that's a that's a toughie, and uh, we found it tough doing it last time, didn't we? Of course, they're um, really good football team, uh, really good team. Um, but obviously, they're where we want to be, top of the league. So, um, I think if we get if we get a win or if we get a point or whatever, it stands as a good stead going forward. But I'm sure um, we'll be aiming for free because we need to try and catch Morton and Ayr and Partick or ahead of us. So. 
Jay Henderson there, cracking little player, lights up the pitch. Um, not on, not not on the Samuels levels of interaction, um, but uh, you know he's not far off it. But uh, I think the key, my key takeaway from that was it looks like we we would really really like to sign him, Stevie. Yeah, yeah, no, he was he was he was quiet, but he spoke well. Um, yeah, I was surprised he was out of contract. Um, I mean, I, I know a few Sabirin fans who rave about him, and the only reason we've got him apparently is because he played 3 5 2 and he just fit into that system. Um, Burst sort of seen with that great goal against uh, United at Tannadice, if I can remember. I remember seeing that it was a peach for a goal, but yeah, he loves up there and stuff. And I think he's uh, he's, he's, in, he's in the house with the boy Ben Woods we just signed. I think that's a good sort of grounding for him in there, having someone his own age and seems to. I've adapted to the squad well. I know Billy likes him. Billy watched him last year, as, as Billy spoke about in his interview. And um, yeah, it's, it's been a revelation. I think he's 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 a fine for us. And against the Burn fans, are surprised that we've got him, but just a victim of their formation. But yeah, he's he's keen to sign. I mean, I, I'd imagine with his form, he's probably got a few suitors. And depending where we end up and uh, what his options are, it'd be hard. But I'd like to see him at his next season. All right, well, up next is an exclusive interview with the manager, Billy Dodds. In your ass, what the hell? How you doing? No water cell for shitty weather, drugs and pissness. Inverness is a fucking business. Okay, the manager, Billy Dodds, um, as, as we've discussed, his, his contract, like many people, uh, is up in the summer. Uh, and he's obviously over the moon, as we all are, with the quarterfinal win the other day. And Stevie sat down for a few minutes with the gaffer. Happy man this weekend. I think if you're not happy in times like this, there's something wrong with you. You shouldn't be in the game, Stevie. So, um, absolutely delighted with with every every single bit of the 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 win, the performance, what it does for the club, what it does for the players. So we've got to enjoy it, but. We're back in today after two days off and Aaron Doran's testimonial dinner Saturday night. So that gave that a lift as well. Not that it needed a lift, but it just it's a good way to get into your dinner and your testimonial dinner if if you're in the back of something like that, reaching a semi-final. And he was a big part of it before, as you know. So um, absolutely um, enjoyed the, the weekend, but it was back to league business this Saturday. Just wanted to get your, your sort of views now. I thought it was electric on Friday night and it seems... Although you're saying with vocal crowds, obviously we, we had the vocal crowd the Saturday before, but we had the, the volume of crowd last Friday night. It's something about under the lights on Friday night that seems to get the, the guys singing the chant. Maybe maybe the beer, but maybe something else as well. That was great. It was great. Um, I, I, I mean it when I say it. I think people just think you make up. But um, even I, I talked to you about the small band that was there on Friday, uh, Saturday air. But then, as you say, if you get the numbers, I think there was only meant to be like, 2,400 there all together, but we got a lot of walk-ups, which made it nearly 3,000, so oh, it was loud, and it was it was noticed. We've had a couple of nights, especially against Commander like that, and we've come through a, uh, nearly all of them, so it was really good. Um, the players respond to it. You see by the performance, you see by the way we were up in the game, even after going behind again, losing that early goal yet again, after talking to them, going through video um, Thursday, and it lasted a minute and a half before we were a goal down. So um, I don't want to keep doing it, but it's a really good thing if you can keep responding to going goals down. And we've had to do that because these boys keep finding. I know, I was going to, you, you sat in my mind there because you spoke the last couple of weeks about 
you want to score the first goal and it takes a bit of pressure off the boys, but when they've scored first, so you, what, what's your thoughts? I mean, is it, it's probably good that you lose an early goal because you get the rest of the game to chase it, but what was your thoughts when, when they scored? Right, I'll, I'll flip that to you. Right, yeah. I'll flip that to you. As a yeah. fan, what was your first thought? Because I'm feeling the exact same. Trust me. As soon as... Because you've done all the hard work in the prep because we're quite diligent what we do. We video and who we're playing and what they do and what they're good at, what they're not good at or what they're not so good at. So you get through all that and then you see the first attack at air, bang, go. You see that and we do our due diligence against Kilmarnock and we lose the goal after a minute and a half. How's your feelings as a fan? Because I, I know how I, I feel. I, I probably I, we can swear in this podcast. Yeah, I, was, I, I shot myself. I was deflated, but um, I, I but I think the crowd stopped the team. Though I mean, I think they did, didn't get too downhearted. I think maybe because it's so early, we did a lot of game to chase. But I, I, I had your words in my head. And I'm thinking, Dozzy's probably thinking, shit, not again because we've lost an early goal and all of that. Oh, that's what I was like. Oh my God, no again, demoralised. But it's my job. It's my, I'm the manager. I can't go. Oh no, that's a nightmare. I've just got to try and pick them up. Mm-hmm. And the reaction was instant. And I knew by the tempo of the game and getting to seconds, and then we started making a few passes. I'm like, mm, this is good. And we did that to air. We did that to air. I thought the last two games. Um, there's times you need something to happen within a game, Stevie. Where you get a shot at goal and you go right, we're back in it. But I thought it was almost an instant impact with what we did and we how we went about it, and and we carried on right through the game, so which was great as well. So we're in a real good place just now. I feel as if we we could do with one more big one, and do you know what I mean? We're going to have to win more than that, but we need one more big one just to latch on, just to say right, we're right behind you now. It's going to be tough. It's a big ask, but you you know as well as me, we're a team that can do it. I definitely. I think back back to Kelly game. I think, I think um, post match comments and you said you actually quite enjoyed watching the game. That's Which, probably the best we've played all season. I would say against Kelly. I thought it was relentless for the probably eighty eight minutes. They had a wee bit towards the end. I never felt comfortable. I, I liked it. again. I would ask you again. You probably liked a third goal and just oh, that two goal cushion. Um, so I never felt comfortable until it was. I heard the final whistle. And in fact, I said to Barry Wilson. Um, I really shouldn't ask right now, but it was two two minutes after we took the lead. How long to go? <laughs> so, um, but a, a wee bit. Of, I thought right, okay, they're coming at some point. But it was more like launching into the box, trying for seconds. They had a couple of shots with the wee boy Danny Armstrong. Um, but I think it never came, Stevie, with what you touched on in terms of it was about how well we did to keep them away from us, and actually we. We caught them a couple of times where we could have got a third because we played the right ball when we won it. Up the channel, Aussie had his chance where he cut in. Um, with another cut back with Aussie where he tried to pick some out, maybe could have gone. So we were getting them as well. And I think it was a bit more what we did and how we handled the last 10 minutes of the game that made it seem like that we come on. Because they have dangerous players. And even if they can't, even if they're not playing much football, they have tall players up front and we could put it in, they could get a break. But it was more about what we did just to cancel that out. Green uh, Welsh loves the Glenys Kamara, doesn't he? Oh, incredible! Aren't it? Just some teams. I go back to it, and you were there. Probably you were you were there at both the Hamilton games. I, right. I thought we were so unlucky over the two games not to take any. And I'm saying this because the rate it's like you're saying about it does Welsh 
scored goals against Kilmarnock. That's what some teams do. I'm going to go with us to Wraith Rovers. They, they don't seem to beat us because we've not always played well against them, but we seem to get a result. Right. And Hamilton have got that wee jinx over us now because see if we were rubbish against Hamilton, I would have been like worried. Where, where's yeah. my win coming from? I was, especially the second game, we carried on a Livy game right into that first half. Billy missed a big chance. Second half, we weren't as good, but the goals demoralised us. Second game, I thought, I couldn't fault them. I could, only, only thing I could fault is we switched off twice. The first corner, they got goal. They said, so there's teams that do that to you. But I've been worried, and that's why I was still upbeat, still confident. I believe in my team. I know what they can do because if I had a poor performance away at Hamilton, I would have been like, oh my word, where do we go for here? But I wasn't like that, Stevie. I was like, it's going to turn. I mean, that's that's the twice we've been beat since the turn of the year. It was against Hamilton. But the biggest thing and the biggest disappointment was it was so pivotal because it was within four days of one another. We could have been dealing with some sort of points there, even if it was 1-1, because we'd have been latched on already to these teams. I, I know what type they are. They knew they were unlucky. I said to them after Hamilton, do not let anybody tell you that you played badly tonight or you're a bad team. Don't. You've, we've got to block that out because we've got big games coming up. We're still hanging in there. And do you know those two games? They've led to this cup success. That's why you keep it going. And you just tell them the truth. You don't say you were rubbish against Commander and we were in slaughter them when we were good. Mm -hmm. uh, against Hamilton, sorry, when we were good. You don't do that because that can knock them back even more. That's why you keep them up, not upbeat, but you, you keep them believing because you know of these tough fixtures to come. And you know if they take that sort of performance that they had against Hamilton into the, the Dundee near game, they're, they're more, and they're at their best, they're more, they're more than a match for these teams and that's the way it turned out. Three defeats, one obviously the cup game, which it took care of itself after it. But apart from that, Billy, it's been a good 23. I mean, in, in course days, you said, we get your boys back. Trip fed them in in January, February, and now you've got, I think, Barron, probably like Walsh and Shane, you've got a full team. So, this shows you. It is, and, I, and you know what, there's a real edge to training now, because of the result, because there's a, there's a competition for place. Mm -hmm. That's, that's you should see the training. Um, uh, and, don't get me wrong, I don't think people are taking it for granted that we're in the team, but it can cause a wee bit of, um, it can just cause a wee bit of, comfort, oh, well, be a bit of comfort. Aye, a comfort. It can be a comfort to them knowing if I'm not my best, I'm going to probably play. Aye. And that's where we're at. But listen, I still wanted to win games when mm -hmm. I never had my full team, but it's difficult. It was difficult. But I kept going. I kept them going. I kept my team going. Um, told them when we get them back, we'll pick up again. And that's what we've done. But we've left ourselves chasing. Um, it's going to be hard. I'm not going to kid anybody on. I would mm -hmm. love to get in the playoffs. I would give my right hand for it. But because uh, what happened last year as well and the semi-final of the cup mm -hmm. but it's, it's a big ass but we'll give it a hell of a go I mean just lastly in the game I've got my, Bill McInerney he's only five behind Dennis Wynes so we're going to have to tee them up and we have to read them as podcast as we joked before but yeah I, I thought that Mackay shuffle eh? we love Billy I mean he just keeps on doing it I mean you, even at the penalty and I get a bit nervous and I see the clip of keeper's leg but you're not, you're never in doubt when he's up there is he? I wanted Billy Mackay to really enjoy the last he might have two, three, four, five, five years. He's a fit boy. I want. I mean, I wanted them to enjoy it. I just felt, and I spoke to him about it. I said, Billy, I'm no. I just feel as if sometimes you score a goal, and that you're quite happy with that. You're more than that. 
trust me, I want you to be an all-round player. Mm. He's got that in him anyway, an all-action, all-round goals, hold it up, put pressure on defenders. He has been, since I've had that conversation, sensational for me. Mm-hmm. And I've been like, and, and, I, and I've said to him, I goes, the thing will still happen though is, you, you might think, oh well, my goals will not come. I'm telling you, they'll still come. Because mm-hmm. the more you work harder, you just find yourself in positions. I've been, he's been a sensation in the way he's not transformed his game. He just realised, I'm going to enjoy this at this stage of my career. And I'm going to enjoy my last few years, however long it may be. Mm-hmm. And I thought the last probably three months, three and a bit months, Billy has been just what I want him to be. What I know he's capable of. And I've told him that face to face, so there's, there's nothing to hide. And he's enjoying his football, which is great. No, and then one more player I just think about, and a guy I know that you really want at the club, and I'm glad we got him with Jay Henderson. I thought he was again tremendous and Friday. I mean, some of the balls he's whipping in, but nearly had him last year. I was gutted when Simon had to keep him for that game against Celtic, and he did well with all the kids in the COVID era. And then um, he played against Dundee United in a week later, and he scored a belter. And Jim Goodwin phoned me and says, You can't have him. I'm sorry, I was gutted. So, I always knew about him. Um, he, the Simona played three five two this year, so he wasn't going to figure much, no less he played with wingers. And uh, I think he's been a real asset to us. I've loved his attitude to training, his attitude to coming up here because I think it's the first time he's been away for his parents quite a lot. I think it'll help make the man of him. And the boys are loving him. And he's such a, a lovely guy as well. He's... You know, he'll have a laugh and a joke with him, but he's uh, he, he respects people as well, Jay. And the boys in the dressing room have loved him so far. And he's got he's got the qualities you see, so been a real bonus for us. He's got contracts at the end of the season. I know it's too early to talk about contracts, was, but I think that's a player that somebody will ever rest would look at in the summer if he didn't have any sitters. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully, okay. honestly, I would. Uh, I'd love to. I'd love Aye. to say I've told. I, told him that. I, think, I think he's a top player, but the only thing is with the compensation coming through because he's been at Simran for a long Aye. time as a young boy. So there's there's other things we've got to look at, but I want to re-sign Jay. He knows what I think of him. I hope mm. he likes me. So uh, I hope that can be a factor and he knows what he gets and he knows the way I want him to play and he's enjoying his fit. Well, I spoke well in the pod, so um, I, you know, he knows he's, he's, uh, he's not a good thing, but I don't want to dabble in it, and that you, you, you start deflecting your pre-match presser, which was was out with your remit. But the financial side of things, I mean, that's massive for the club. I'm, I'm sure Ross and Scott are, are delighted, but it's it's a big, massive bonus to the club, and I mean, keeps people happy upstairs as well, doesn't it? It's always nice to do that. Yes, <laughs> um, it's it's just a strain off everybody. Right. I didn't want to burden my players with that. It's the worst thing I could have done. Oh, we need to win this game. Oh, what what this? If we win it, the the what this will do for the club will be brilliant. No, we have to focus football. If we can help the club, that's great, and that's exactly what I kept away from the players. And I think that helped them go and have the performance that they they showed. Because if I, I think if I had gone the other way and said we we need to win it, the money we need that money. Yeah, think of, think of the futures, think of the club, think it'll have been too much for them. It's no fair on them. So um, I like to keep that side away because it's nice to help the club. It's nice to get certain uh, certain length in the cup. It's nice to get further up the league because that brings its rewards, but you kind of keep on heating the players with it. Oh, it's, been a great, 
when I got although it was a, a kind of kind of negative week for the club in terms of finance, it's been a good week for the club in terms of finance and football. No, oh, definitely not. It's, it's headed in the high. And look at the semis then. I know Queen's Pass to come, maybe touch that in a second, but I mean, it's, it's our fifth semi final in 20 years. I mean, we're, we're actually spoiled as fans. I mean, you think about the infancy of the club, that's five, five semi finals that you and your predecessors have taken us to. So we've got to be happy with that. Ah, oh, delighted. I'm, I'm delighted for the boys. A lot of people ask me, you heard them in the press again, where, you know, you've, and I mentioned Queen of the South and I mentioned they said you've won the cup and they try to go down the line with me. I was like, no, I want this to be them. This is their time to to do something in, with their careers. You can play away at championship level, level and maybe get in a playoff or finish as high up the league as you want and get no success in cup competition and you just play away in your, your lower league career. This mm-hmm. is a chance. And that's why I mentioned Queen of South because I saw the similarities with that group of players because they were brilliant boys, hard-working, better players than what some thought themselves, and I knew we could give, give people a game. I feel the same about this bunch, and we've yeah. proven it. Said If you do it once, people go, that's a fluke, and I come on, come on, we're rubbish. That's three times this season, and we pushed St. Johnson all the way last season. I think everyone's going to be watching the game tonight. We're, we're doing the pod tomorrow, but this is Monday, so I think we'll be just waiting for the final whistle to see the draw. Everyone's just watching. I, I want the game to go by quickly tonight, but... I probably it's, it's no no surprise who you'd like in the semi final, but who would you think who's, who's going to come through? Era Falkirk, that's going to be a tough game, isn't it? Well, I, I, honestly, I'm just glad we are there and we can enjoy it and we can sit back. I I, I do want Era Falkirk, and if whoever wins between them, I'll be saying the exact same to us about about us. We want them because there's a possible route to the final, and it's more finance. It brings everyone. You cannot enjoy your day. If you pull one of the old firm. We go and treat it like our final. That's mm. my mindset on it. Um, but I would like a shot at Falkirk or Ayers, whoever gets through. But Stevie, even though it's a semi-final, that will bring its own pressure as well. Because if uh, we played them and you blow it, then and and it did the sort of last time because my in-laws are big at Cali fans and well, the Falkirk game, yeah. The when they beat Celtic, they... aye, when they beat Celtic and got to the final, a huge pressure that went on to them. And it kind of mm. does that with us, so mm. it brings its own pressure, but I still want a crack at it. Right then, so that's 28th, 20th April, right? So we've got a lot of football before then, but just before I let you go, Queen's and Saturday, and I think that's probably the perfect game, I think, if you're coming off a cup win against the league <laughs> leaders, confidence is going to be high, and obviously you've got, you've got players now playing, they're, they're playing for a semi-final jersey now, it's not just a place for team, it's if they, if they don't play well, they won't play in the semis. So it's people, yeah, people, people waiting in the background, people waiting in the wings, and uh, that's what I've wanted all season. I've not been able to have it. Um, the one thing I would warn against is we come off that Livingston game, brilliant cup result, and then had Hamilton, and even though it was three nothing, wait, I want us to know. I want, I know, what I want the Queen's Park Saturday. I want us to start the way we started against Hamilton because we were good first half. We had a lot of great football. We get the best chance, and we missed it. And and it really can he, even though they scored in their first goal, can he dampened us a wee bit, missing that chance dampened us. And then when it was one 0 Danny's header was saved. That demoralised us a wee bit as well. So I would I would warn that yeah, you've come off a great cup result. We've got to keep that going. We've got to get in with that frame of mind. Um, I'm no doubt the boys will go there and have a right go Saturday. I'd love to win it. I really would. I think it would give us... We've got the belief. Mm-hmm. 
that would give everybody, including the fans, that wee bit, right, we're right behind them now. I would love to, know what I would love to do? Just put that pressure on, see where it takes us. Right. No, I agree. And I think, you're going to, you sort of ask my next question, but it's, it's always after Lord Mayor's show, isn't it? After the Levy game, and then there's the, the highs, and then you get the Hamilton game. Can you use that as inspiration to the boys say, look, this can happen again? Or do you, do you change, without your team away, do you, do you change that wee bit for Friday? To... You, you, you don't, you, no, no, I will be saying, we need to do what we did against Hamilton in the first half and continue it. And continue it though. Don't don't take your chance when you get it. Kill them off. Um, don't lose the first goal. But if if we do, just keep that momentum going. We we just we have to keep it going for ninety. We can't go. Oh well, we've missed a chance. Oh, feel sorry for ourselves. We lose three in the second half. We can't do that. We've got to go. We're at it. We're at it. We're at it constantly. If you draw or win the game, it's a huge bonus. If you lose it, if you like that attitude, though, you can say to them again, we go again, we go again. But it's one of those. It's a wee bit like Hamilton because it's pivotal again, isn't it? It's like that one where you go, you know this is such an important result. You know it is because it takes you there or, you know, it's quite like, oh, what a chance we're blown again. So, and it's that time in the season where you, you kind of get the feeling as now or never. Um, I appreciate you coming on, mate. Thanks for Friday. I think you made you made every Cali fans weekend, and uh, God help the south side of Glasgow in the 29th because I'm organising a wee party in a boozer, and uh, he's all welcome, Good. guys. Uh, we need as many there as we can, which uh, will be great. We're going to enjoy it. We're going to enjoy it. And thanks for having me on again, and um, let's hope we can kick on for this. And I just want to, I just want to put that's my message to the Cali fans, and I just want to put that pressure on the teams just above us. That's all I want now. The gaffer there, Billy Dodds, as as honest as he always is, um, he's always great to uh, to have a chat with Stevie, isn't he? And um, he answers pretty much every question as honestly as he can, and sometimes too honestly. No, I think oh, he's great. I mean, and and, and sort of similar with Robbo used to do uh, interviews with us. I mean, he, he he's obviously he's been on the radio and he talks well, but no, he's always good to listen. To and he's, he's been. Again, I'm going back to being a, a face and a, a happy clapper, but just a nice guy, mate. He, he, he loves football and you can tell when you speak to him the passion and how much he cares about it. So, no, always good to have a chat with him. I, d- I did think that listening to the interview when I was when I was, when I I was was editing it, when I was popping it in, um, you know, there's a lot of talk about his future and, and you know, what's going to happen at the football club. But I came away from that just feeling positive and feeling enthusiastic and feeling, yes, he's the right guy at the helm. But let's talk about that. Um, since he... Since Billy Dogs came in, he's 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 taken the club from 90 minutes from a return to the Premier League, the closest we've come since relegation some six years ago, and he did this in his first full season in charge, uh, with a record of 116 drawn, one and lost nine. He's just taken us to the Scottish Cup semi-final with storming performances against Premiership opposition in both the last 16 and quarter-finals, while in the league this season at time of recording, we sit sixth with nine wins, um, uh, 38 scored, 39 against six points from the playoffs, 11 points away from ninth spot uh, with nine league games to go. Moreover, we've had this 11-game spell in the league without a win last season, and this season we've also gone eight games without a win, but that with that win coming against our growth before we went another six games without a win, and all that is against the backdrop of the monumental injury crisis that the club has suffered. So what are our thoughts, but what are the fans' thoughts? Season ticket holder Sandy Sutherland was, uh, was good enough to share his. Hi folks, 
Uh, I appreciate the opportunity to, to come on and ask some questions and, and have a little bit of a say. Uh, I'm, I'm keen to know what the club's focuses are going into next season. Now, without seeming too pessimistic and you know, obviously eager to be proved wrong, um, my gut instinct says that we're still going to be a championship club when, when things start again in August. You know, But regardless of where we are, we still have a manager in Billy Dodds and a long list of players whose contracts you know, all expired at the end of May. Now that list includes the likes of Billy Mackay, Scott Allardyce, Austin Samuels, you know, Danny Devine, Robbie Dees, you know, these are all really important players and these are just the names that are coming off the top of my head. Now I would hazard a guess and say that while our league status will be a factor in whether we keep them or not, it would also be more difficult to keep them when they don't know who's going to be in charge next season. So I'm curious as to why it's taken the club so long to address the manager's long-term future. And I suppose it also opens up the debate to fans whether or not you know, he deserves a new deal at all. Now, me personally, I don't think he does. I think while injuries have been a, a significant issue this season, they mask over a lot of consecutively poor results, especially at home. A lot of lacklustre performances that have gone with them and, you know, a large number of permanent signings over the last couple of seasons that have failed to make, you know, the necessary impact. And while the Scottish Cup semi-final is obviously an incredible achievement for, for everyone involved and, you know, it's going to be a huge benefit financially, you know, for me, it's just not enough to make up for the various shortfalls in the league. You know, bottom line, I just don't think we've got any better under him. And with the possibility of a large rebuild happening, you know, it might be a chance for someone new to come in and, and try their hand and, and see if they can do better. But, you know, that's all open to debate. And, you know, I suppose that's part of the fun. You know, but the landscape of the team stands to look quite different come summertime. And I think, you know, any indication of what the club is doing to proceed forward, you know, it would be great to know. I think it would go a long way to reassuring some fans that the efforts have been made. Cheers for the time, guys. Sandy basically voicing voicing concerns that many fans have, that many, many, that some of us have. Um, it's easy to get carried away with the Scottish Cup um, and we should get carried away, but it shouldn't, it shouldn't mask the other issues. Fair enough. Uh, it all, I think it all, but it all does come down to the injuries, guys. Um, let's talk about that because the players are back now and we have put in some storming performances. Sandy and others want us to ask the hard questions. It should be discussed. His contract is up on the 31st of May and that is just days before the Scottish Cup final. Um, will he be the manager next season? Should he be the manager next season? Andrew Sutherland. This, this probably kind of goes back to a comment Dan made earlier. Um, or, or I think even actually yourself alluded to it. If it hadn't been for this cup run, I think he would walk in the summer. I think he might be offered a new deal. Uh, or sorry, he might not be offered a new deal on the back of the league um, placing. You know, his job is to get us out of this league. He doesn't look like he's going to do that, despite coming obviously quite close last season. Um, I know injuries have disrupted us this season, but you know it's not a case of it doesn't matter. It's a case of well, that's just the way uh, the cookie crumbles. But obviously, it can't be denied that some of our best performances have come um, in, in the cup. And if we were to somehow get through to the Scottish Cup final, I could see the club being quite keen to keep him. Um, whether he stays or not is another matter. He might feel that he just wants. Something different, I don't know. Um, but I guess we talked earlier on about the supporter unrest, uh, really kind of coming to a head. Uh, um, you know, Hamilton and Dundee. Um, I was just having a quick look there just now. Our home form is really quite abysmal. Um, three home wins all season. Um, and that's, I think, was it Cove once, maybe twice, and Partick Thistle, and that's it. The home fans have not 
really seen a lot of good stuff this season. So, um, and there's obviously a lot of people online talking about maybe you know not renewing if if Dawes is still the manager. The, the the club's in a really really difficult position. I think maybe it's time for you know a fresh start kind of thing. Um, I, can you, can, you feasibly, can you feasibly say that though? He's one game from a return to the Premiership last season, one game, mm-hmm. and he's got the Scottish Cup semi final this season with two performances yeah. against Premiership opposition, and his and his season has been absolutely hamstrung by injuries to all key players. Is there another? Is there another manager that would have been managing our football team that would have that would have got performances out of the players that they had? All guys with no experience, guys playing out of position, left backs in midfield, but young young players in central midfield the yeah, line yeah. one player up front obviously I have no idea but then again I mean some, some of that has been of you know Dodd slash the club's own doing I mean you know we we, we got rid of Oakley without bringing anyone in um, that to me indicates a breakdown in relationship between player and manager Oakley's alluded to that in his interview um, after joining Morton that potentially doesn't reflect too well on Dodds. Obviously, we don't know exactly what's going on. That's any you know, hypotheticals here. Um, do take the point that it's been a lot of players missing for you know a prolonged period of time. We've got a lot of them back now. We've only been one, maybe two players uh, away from a full strength starting eleven. That's what a lot of teams have to deal with throughout the course of the season. Um, and I guess. I say maybe for a lot of people that the style of football we play at times is not particularly easy to watch. It's it's it can be pretty direct and pretty hard to 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 kind of stay properly tuned into for for ninety whole, for whole ninety minutes. Um, I, there, there's probably not too many people out there who could come in. I guess the obvious one is maybe Robbo. Whether he's want to get back into management or not, I don't honestly know. Um, but. I think some people have talked about the likes of um, you know Barry Robson if he wasn't to get the manager's job at Aberdeen. Um, I mean that that would be maybe a bit too pie in the sky for us. Who knows? Um, I just kind of feel maybe Dodds is destined to be better as a coach rather than a manager um, in in his kind of you know kind of like off the pitch career um, with football. I don't disagree with a lot of that. I, I really don't know like whether we can say that he uh, would be is destined to be better as a coach than a manager and also I don't think we've really seen enough of him and I do think we need to take the injuries into account but also I don't think we can give my new contract just on the basis of the cup run even if we make the final. I mean for a start two very good performances against Livingston and Kilmarnock there's no denying that but the Queen's Park game that we should have gone out and wasn't good enough. The Falkirk game is an interesting one because on paper we should win that and I don't think a win in that game getting us to the final again is enough to guarantee him a new contract if the league form between now and May is anywhere near as patchy as it's been. I think he's got a really, really good opportunity. He's got almost everything going for him in the league now because as Sub said, he's got nearly the entire squad back. There's three players missing, or two players missing really, that's Walsh and Sutherland. And actually neither of them will get in the team at the moment because Henderson and Shaw have been superb for the last two or three games. Um, McGregor's not quite fit yet, but again, I think that moving David Carson uh, ahead of Allardyce and Welsh is probably the strongest that we've looked all season. So again, I don't think McGregor's going to walk in either. So I think we've actually got our strongest team at the moment. 
And we've got players that are going to be playing for a cup final start. We've got players, some of them are going to be playing for a move. These Allardyce probably. These are all players that should be absolutely on it every single game. And if you can't get performances out of them in those circumstances, then I think questions do have to be asked. Um, what you can say is that the three games coming up, we'll talk about that later, are about the hardest test you could possibly have. Queen's Park, Partick, and then can't even remember who it is after that, but it's someone else that's doing well, pretty well. Morton, yeah, and Morton are obviously going for the top four place as well. So he's got an incredibly hard test there. If we come out of that with something like seven points, and I think you do have to look and say, right, has the team finally clicked? Has he got his, his team back? And um, have they had enough of a, a kind of run together now that we're going to see them doing what they could do? I mean, last season, the, the last part of last season was excellent. I thought, you know, albeit we relied a bit too much on loan players, and maybe that was showing the potential for what he can achieve. One of the things that Sandy said was that um, we haven't got any better. Now, I sort of agree with that. There were signs we were getting better. Then he's got the injuries. I know there's been other flaw- other issues this season, but I think if he was to repeat what he did at the end of last season again this season, then he might be justified another, you know, another even another year or something like that. I mean, after all, even our best managers, we haven't always had forward progress. Perry Butcher's second season back up um, in the Premier League, so his third season in charge. We went down from 7th to 10th. Pelly Partson's second season in the second tier, we went down from 4th to 6th. So even these great managers had, you know, setbacks, you know. Obviously, they had more credit in the bank than Billy Dodds, but I refuse to kind of believe that he's, he's definitely a dud as a manager. The last thing I would say about it, though, is that the big danger is if they if we have a really poor run in the league, we get to the cup final, he's renewed on the basis of that, then I think Sub's point about season ticket renewals is a really, really important one, you know, because we really can't afford to lose any more money. And the idea of a new manager, if they made the right appointment, um, could really push that, you know. If they want to sell season tickets and shirts though, Stevie, surely there's no better way to do that with a Scottish Cup semi-final or even a final. I am I'm I'm just sitting here, I'm shaking my head and stuff, and I'm not disagreeing with what the guys are saying. I'm just Disagree with some things I've read, but anyway, I said there, judge him now, and it's all he's got his full team, right? And, and if you look at the last couple of results, it's it's, it's basically Hamilton with different teams, right? Okay, that's the blip, we can forget about Hamilton. But since we've had the full team back this year, the results have been good prior to Hamilton game, post Hamilton game, results have been good. They, they, have, they have been good, they have been good. Also, I think, and this is to all fans. We've got a delusional fan base. If you're 25 to 40, you're used to us winning Scottish Cups, being in the Premier League and stuff like that. We've got the fourth biggest budget in the league, maybe fifth. We've got no divine right. And I hate, I hate people saying this is our best chance to win promotion. We're a championship team in paper. We are. And it's a case of, we need to be realistic here. I mean, if we flop towards the end of the season in the league, we get beat by Falkirk, Dodge should go. But judge him now when he's got a full squad, gets us to a final. There's more coffers in the jar. I think recruitment's going to be looked at, but I don't think it's Dodge's fault. Oakley would never want to be Dodge, and let's be honest, we know we wanted Oakley, and we got him to fuck. Oakley's pretty much said that as well. But I'm sick of hearing fans saying that we get the right to win this league of promotion. We don't. We're the fourth, fifth, maybe in fifth budget in this league. We're a championship team. We're just, a lot of our fan base are used to the, the I mean, we, we were all there in fucking Romania and all that place, but I'm sick of the fact that we get the right to win this league. We don't. Dan, Thistle Dun- Dundee should be ahead of me. Sorry, Dan, it's that second, mate. But getting ahead, we're a championship team on paper and financially. So let's see where we are in the season. And then, then, I'll, then I'll talk about contracts. But there's my, there's my six minutes in that. So. I don't disagree with the fact we're a, a championship team on paper. But we're on paper. We're not, I don't think we're sixth 
place in the championship on no, paper with, even a, with a full team. With a full mm-hmm. team. Um, listen, if we were in sixth place without the injury crisis, then I'd be screaming for him to go. I, I'm not. I'm not fully convinced by him. I'm not fully convinced at the moment whether he deserves a new contract or not. If he had another year in his contract, I wouldn't be calling him for it to be sacked. But renewal is a different story. I'm not convinced. I think it's going to be judged on whether we beat Falkirk and where we finish. So that's that's an obvious thing to say. But if we finish in the playoffs and we beat Falkirk and have Scotch got a final, he's going to get a new contract. He's going to get two or three years on the back of that. The flip side is if we lose to Falkirk and have a gutless performance, which God forbid, but you never know, and we finish seventh in the league, I don't think he has a right to have a new contract based on that. Mm. Whether he will get one or not is a different story, obviously. But at the moment, I, I was thinking we were going to finish top two at the start of the season with that squad. Um, and again, hindsight's twenty twenty. Without the injury crisis, where would we be? We don't know. And it was a crisis. It was, it was 10 players out at one stage, 10 first-team players. Like, what team's going to manage with that? But there were points where we were getting players back in. We had championship top half players coming back in and we weren't getting championship top half performances. We are now, this, this uh, I'm seeing the shakes of the head at this, but I don't think this year's results have been bad. I don't think they've been brilliant. We've only, we've only had three defeats, one of which was overturned this mm-hmm. year. And we've, we've won, what, five and drawn another three, I think it is. Might be slightly off there. But... No, it's been, it's been good, Dan. 2020 has been good, in my opinion. Uh, it's, it's, it's been better, certainly. I, I, it's not been great, but it's, it's definitely been better. It's, it's a lot of encouragement. We're scoring more goals, it seems, as well. Um We've had the last two games when we're, well, the last three games, in fact, when we uh, we go down 1-0, we come back and either get a draw or we win it. So it's certainly improving. But the frustrating thing is the inconsistencies within that team is the fact we can go and we can thump Cove and we can thump our growth and then shit ourselves against Hamadakis. I think I think we're all round about this, the same page, uh, much of a muchness. Um He's maybe bought himself a new deal. He's maybe in the process of buying himself a new deal. If he wants a new deal, listen, if Billy Dodds, um, if Billy Dodds decided his time at Cali Thistle was up, or the Cali Thistle decided his time was up, he can go away with a with a pretty good CV, to be honest. Well, I was actually uh, going to sorry, Mark, sorry, Mark, yeah. I think that's a good point. Like he could potentially, if he has a, re- I don't think we're going to make playoffs. You know, I think I think we're we're probably too reliant on other teams, like really screwing up. But if if he was maybe to get you know, a few decent performances out of us, uh, out of the guys uh, in the running, and get to the Scottish Cup final. He could walk away with his stock at pretty high, to be honest. You know, just missing out, he's battled. You could say, you know, just, just missed out on playoffs, battled through an injury crisis, and I got my team to the Scottish Cup final. Uh, maybe even win the whole thing. You never know. You know, in, in which case the stock would be enormous. Um, but yeah, he, he could maybe go, you know, I, I think I've done my time here and maybe move on to something else, potentially. Uh, you know, who knows what might happen to like Dundee United, um, you know, the, um, over the next week, well, for example. You know, if they, yeah. if they go down or something, they might just, you know, completely just bin fire everyone there. Well, the elephant in the room is, isn't just that it's... Um... That it's Billy Dodds's contract stuff. Everybody's contracts up apart from five yeah, exactly. people. So exactly. what, what's happening is Billy Mackay sitting there going, "Well, I'm not going to sign a deal unless the gaffer signs a new deal." Or Scott Allardyce saying that. I mean, we know Robbie. Let's talk very briefly about this. We've got to move on to the upcoming games. But we pretty much know that Robbie Dees is going to go. Oh, if, if Allardyce hadn't had his injury, he would definitely have gone. Maybe we've got a chance of keeping him. Um, Samuel's is probably gone. A lot of them are gone, but a lot of them are maybe just waiting to see what's happening. 
I, I think it depends on where, where we finish and how much money the club's got. I mean, if we if we get a Scottish Cup final, I think contracts going to be obviously a bit more lucrative and we can put a bit more money into it. So I think I said to us in the chat the other day, a lot of clubs in our position in our league aren't offering contracts just now. We don't know. And until someone's relegated to win the league, we're not going to win the league. We're not going up. I, I still think we make the playoffs, but that's me being delusional. I just think that... Um, They'll hold on to the end of the season and see where we're at, see how much money we've made. And then it can obviously, I mean, the likes of a, an Al, a Bill McKay staying because he's not leaving the area, but it might, might give him a better contract depending on how much money we've got in the, co- in the, in the coffer jar at the end of the season. That's just the frustrating, frustrating thing for the fans, isn't it? Frustrating thing for us. You don't know who's going to be wearing the jerseys next season. You don't know what team, sort of team you're going to be watching. And that's a frustrating yeah. thing. You were just about to go into the, the biggest game we've had in the best part of a decade. And, you know, you put your heart and soul into these players and then you don't know if they're going to be there next year. But most clubs this level change massively. I mean, we've had a pretty structured... No, but with the, with the context of where we are, you know, with the, I know. the massive... I know. I know it's two games, but it is a massive achievement. Let's not let's not decry it. It's a massive achievement. Scottish Cup semi-final. Where mm-hmm. we are as a club. Huge. And it's, it's a boy said at the beginning. It's kept... And I agree with myself said this a while ago. This kept us full-time, that one against Kilmarnock. And I, I, I generally part-time football would have been looked at next season had had we not beat them on Friday night alright well let's move on uh, coming up next uh, let's look at the games that are coming up where do you want to drink well 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 the Glen Alvin the Thistolin the Jolly Trooper the Castle Tavern Cuptus Chaucer Downs at Gellin the City Bar number 27 Phoenix Waters Love to Love King Exchange and Mambo's Hush Heapies Jeebies Gunnies Riley's Bergies Kilmore Hoop and Onnies Right, just looking ahead, uh, time of recording, we are seven points off the playoffs with nine games to play. Five in Inverness, four away in Stenhouse, Muir, Greenock, Cove and Hamilton. I imagine, gentlemen, that nobody in Scotland, let alone the world, is looking at the weekends over the next month and choosing to go to Stenhouse, Muir, Greenock, Cove and Hamilton, unless they're mentally deranged. Uh, Saturday, 18th of March, Queen's Park away. Uh, di- let's do died on this day, born on this day. Died on this day, 1582. Juan Wagway. <laughs> I can't pronounce that. Some guy, anyway, some guy who attempted assassination of William of Orange. Top man. Uh, Queen's Park Stadium, 1000 capacity. I think they're putting down a brick a day. Um, that's it for me. They'll be relegated from the Premier League before the stadium is finished, Stevie, won't they? Oh, I'd be embarrassing if they got up with that stadium. I mean, it, what's it hold? About 500 people, I think, if you're lucky. Maybe 500 eyeballs. But, yeah, this, this is one of bus for us. I think if we, my, my delusional comment about the playoffs, if we get any chance of getting there, we need to win on Saturday. Um, I didn't like the start the last time we played them. Some stupid start wasn't like 80% possession for Queen's Park against their 20. Um, but, yeah, it's, a, it's an important game. And, Boys are playing for semi-final shots, so I mean, yeah, it's not... that's a great point. I was going to say we're expecting a cup hangover, but you know, listening to Billy Dodds there, you know, he says training's you know full, full lock, full octane at the moment. So um, yeah, maybe it'll be great performances from now till the end of the season. Yeah, well, I don't we think we had that, that Hamilton uh, fall back, didn't we? After Levy, that's that's my worry. It's after the Lord Mayor show. It's going to go one way, but we're going to turn up and be superb on Saturday, or we're going to be shite. I think there's no middle ground this weekend. Sorry, sorry, I don't. I don't... I, sorry, I don't see it being like the last game, the kind of 80% possession of Queen's Park at all. I think with that midfield three that I talked about earlier, plus D's behind them, um, we will compete far better. You know, we'll be more aggressive in the midfield. We'll retain the ball a lot better. I also think, I mean, Queen's Park are obviously 
that was the start of us realising how good they could potentially be. But I think they've probably peaked a little bit. Their results have been, with the exception of beating Hamilton 4-1 uh, a couple of weeks ago, the results have been kind of patchier. 1-0 against Cove. There was a draw before that against, uh, was it Martin or something like that? They drew with Wraith. They were beaten by Martin. So I actually, you know, I, I don't think that they're, they're not the form team in the division quite, you know, although they're far from the worst, you know, Party could actually in better form than them at the moment. So I think we could take something, but that's not underestimating them. I think they've got a good forward line. Um, but I just think, you know, hopefully we'll be motivated to kind of not let what happened last time happen, as well as players playing for their, um, for their cup final places or semi-final places. Friday, 24th of March, Partick at home, born on this day in 1947. Alan Sugar, you're fired, which is what they said to Jobby McCall. And then Chris Doolan, the Messiah, takes over and they've been unbeaten in the last five games. Is that right, Suv? Yeah, it looks like it. Um, Doolan's certainly um, you know, got them looking a lot more organised and much more like they were probably at the start of the season. Um, maybe not finding net as many times. Um in all the games, but I suppose they seem to score all the goals when they play us at the minute. Um, I think that th- this one's probably going to be a pretty tricky one again. Um, I just, I mean, we've had some decent wins against them in the past, um, Open Inverness, but you know, obviously the, the the two away losses was it an aggregate score of is it ten to nine to or something like that? Um, really does you know leave me shaken to be honest um i'm just i mean obviously they only drew with martin at the weekend but i'm looking at the game before that when they beat wraith rovers 3-0 and you look at it, it's like tiffany scores twice graham scores once and the assists are turner milne and lawless that gives me the fear a wee bit i think they've got on their day they're the strongest squad with, with the best footballers in, in the division you know but um let's say our guys are going to have a lot to play for and a lot to prove so hopefully and a lot know, to lose and a lot to lose if you get an injury well, yeah yes what to well lose. they there is that, I suppose. Um, Saturday the 1st of April, Morton away, born on this day in 1976. Clarence Seedorf, the second best Seedorf, obviously. Um, a lot of praise for, for Doug Yimri, but you never know what you're going to get with his Morton. They can be beaten by Arbroath and Hamilton, and then they go and beat Queen's Park. Thoughts? That's a toughie for me. Um, I'll be brief, but that's the one. I'm, I'm more, more comfy at home to Thistle than I am a, sorry, Partick, than I am away going to uh, Capital. I think that's a, it's a massive one, you know, and... Uh, Hoping we, we can get some points against uh, Queen's Park. Thistle at home, I think, I think we'll beat them, but that's the big one for me. We, we're probably the, probably the worst we'll, we'll play off season at Capelo. I mean, even worse than for Hill, and that was diabolical. Capelo was torture, and uh, yeah, a tough ground to go to, but yeah, that, that's that's the worry for me, that one, because they, yeah. they've, tu- they've turned around under them. Um, OK, at this point, uh, players' minds might be starting to turn to Hamden in, I think, four weeks' time after the Morton game. So if you're six to nine points off the playoffs uh, and we know what those games took out of us last season, what do you think is going to occur in this group of, I think, what, four or five matches? Wraith at home, Arbroath at home, Cove away, Hamilton away, and then you've got Dundee at home. And that Dundee at home game is the weekend before the semi-final. So you would think that Dundee at home game will be the game in which quite a lot of people maybe get a get a chance to play because you wanted to wrap everyone in cotton wool. Would that be right, Dan? What do you think? Well, it's a tough run of games. I'm just sitting looking at it now. That's, there's no easy run of games in this league because there's only nine other teams in it. But that's an incredibly tough run of games. Um, I'd like to think, as people have said, players are competing for semi-final and maybe final jerseys. So they've got an extra yard of pace in them. They've got that extra little bit in them. But uh, we, I think the players coming back, we've got a big enough squad now to bring in quality players. We're, we're talking about the midfield there, and the debate is who's the 10s, Carson, is it McGregor, is it Boyd, is it Shaw? I mean, that's that's 
a good bit of squad depth. It's 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 a difficult running games, as I've said. I didn't realise how much football there is to be played before that semi final. Yeah, it's a lot, isn't uh, it? I'm I'm praying mostly for no injuries. I am of the opinion now that playoffs are unrealistic. Not out with the realm of possibility, but they're unrealistic. The Scottish Cup is now more important to me. Yeah, I, I think I think they become I think they become unrealistic after the next three four games I think, and then I do think it's we really need to focus on getting to the Scottish Cup final. And listen, you might only get a lot of money for it. You're not going to get into Europe unless you win it. But it's the prestige of getting there and the achievement of getting there. And well, when you're there, when, when you're there, you'll deal with it when you're there. You know, whoever you have to play. The Cup finals are a huge financial boost anyway. The semi finals are a huge boost, but the I don't know how much more money it is for getting into the final, but you're guaranteed an old firm team. You're guaranteed that they will sell. We won't get the full stadium if we play against them. They'll never ever. Oh, one, sorry, one uh, half the stadium. The stadium. Aye, yeah. they'll they'll never ever give us half the stadium. So you're talking about what thirty thousand, twenty five thousand minimum old firm fans. So the money of that is ridiculous. If we falter against Falkirk, it'll be a disaster financially. Can you imagine all the buses coming down from Inverness? There'll be more old firm buses than <laughs> exactly, the old exactly. No, the Rangers buses. <laughs> <laughs> Fights on the night between old firm fans, yeah. <laughs> right, okay. Um, we're going to go to competition time in a second, but let's just talk, let's let's just, uh, let, I don't know, let's just dream for a second, you know. Um, we, win, we win the semi against Falkirk. We get the final against, against Rangers or, or Celtic. But what is the date of that game, Stevie? You messaged me today, you messaged us today, and I was like, what, what, what date is it? Second or third of June, it's something crazy though. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a whole month after the uh, the league campaign finishes, basically over a month after the Air United game. So, and also, as we were talking about in the chat, most contracts ended the thirty first of May, which is uh, another weird one as well. So you could yeah. have a you could have a whole team of players who potentially could have signed pre contracts with other teams going out in the Scottish Cup final for us. They'll send a month's contract. That's what they're rolling one month's contract. Just play the young boys, you know, Matthew Strachan starting up against uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers, you know, what could possibly go wrong. The other thing to remember is if somehow we snuck into the playoffs and if we managed to get all the way through to the uh, the playoff final, they take place either side or Mm -hmm. the the, the two legs would be either side of the, the Scottish Cup final. Uh, the, the last leg would be the Monday or Tuesday after the Scottish Cup I final. Think so, yeah. I mean, obviously, but, it, is, yeah. it is, let's be honest, wholly unrealistic, but you never know. And and, and for the optimists out uh, optimists out there, that's you, Riley. That's, that's, um, you know, that's, me. that's a question for boys, though. See if we get to playoffs, right? And I still think there's a chance, right? And if, if we don't win this Saturday, I'll, I'll just uh, admit defeat. But seeing in the playoff final, right? And you've also got a Scottish Cup final. I mean, that's some dilemma, though. Are, are, players, are, they going to, are they going to hold back from the playoff games so they can get a cup final start, or are they going to go full pelt into the final to get a promotion chance? It's Well, wait a minute. When does, it, when does the transfer window open again? Can we sign players the, for the cup final? I was going to say, the day after the final finishes, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we get, get them to the second leg of the playoff final, but, I mean, it's, it's unrealistic. I, I agree with you, but it could happen that we could get the Scottish Cup final and be in a playoff final as well. We'll be fucking knackered. Listen, exciting times, exciting times. Right, competition time. Right, Sub, competition time. Uh, Activate. Sub, competition time. Activate the Tombola 2000. 
uh, right, so the random uh, Twitter picker thing that I used uh, is picked out at uh, Liam Goodbrand uh, on Twitter. Uh, just then as Liam, no surname there. So uh, yeah, Liam, uh, slide into our DMs and uh, we'll get you set up with this, uh, this shirt. Liam Goodbrand, me- Liam, great prize. Oh, me great shite joke. Okay. As long as you found it funny, Moff, that's the main I thing. Don't know, that's funny. It's a great name, though. It is a great name. Okay, that's that's all from us for now. Uh, we will be back in a few weeks' time with a with a. I think we're going we're going to do a Hamden calling special. Will we do a Hamden Hamden calling special, gentlemen? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll get a few special guests on. I we'll think get everybody on. Everybody that's on this, we'll get them on. We'll we'll get we'll we'll, we'll get our inve- mm-hmm. yeah we'll get investigative reporter Mark Bogue to do something uh, fun for him to do. Um, we'll get Sandy Siddle on as well. We'll get a few more people on. More fans. We'll get you know people's plans for the semis. We'll get some thoughts of ICT players that have that have played. What about an ICT player that's played in each of our other four um, Scottish Cup semi-finals? We could maybe get someone on like that. We could get. Oh, we'll have great players on. Yeah, 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 generally lots of fun cup fever stuff. Um, something to look forward to, isn't it? All right. Until then, it's bye from everybody on here. Say bye bye, everybody. Bye, boys. Bye-bye. It's bye from me. We are all off to rub our hands uh, at Billy Mackay versus Cole Donaldson. Until next time, take care of yourself, each other, and bye for now.